This is Jocko Podcast number 111 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. So, almost two years ago, I had a guy on the podcast by the name of Jody Middick. And we ended up talking for so long that we actually turned one podcast into two podcasts. The first one was a review of his book, which had just come out. It was called Unflinching, The Making of a Canadian Sniper. And then we did a second podcast right after that. That was just us talking and discussing some more of the details of where his life had gone since that book had come out. And those podcasts are number 24 and number 25. And if you haven't listened to those yet, just stop here, go back and listen to them first. And in those podcasts, we discussed Jody's early life and how he ended up in the military and his sniper training and his two deployments to Afghanistan and the events of January 11th, 2007, when during an operation, he hit a landmine and lost both of his legs below the knee. And from there, he struggled to stay alive, but he did, and he made it back to Canada, where he then struggled to recover from his injuries, and then he struggled to adapt to his new life, and along the way, he struggled to overcome addiction to pain medications that had been given to him so freely, but he did overcome those struggles and made a new life and wrote a book and got elected as a member of the city council of the city of Ottawa. And he continued to raise his young girls and take care of them. And by all accounts, we're talking about a model citizen. In fact, I'd go so far as to say a model human being. But things aren't always as they appear. And although Jody looked to be doing great by any measure behind that public persona, the struggle continued. And I saw a glimpse of it when Jody came down to be on the podcast. I first noticed it when I made reservations for Jody at a hotel by my house. And I just got a nice little hotel nearby me so I could pick him up easy and didn't think much of it. I gave him the hotel information and then a couple days later he called me up and said he needed to transfer to a different hotel because the hotel that I had made reservations at didn't have handicap accessible rooms. And of course I felt like a like a jerk. But at the same time I didn't really understand because I'd seen all these video clips of Jody walking around and and actually running around and he'd gotten second place in this TV show called The Amazing Race where he's doing all these different challenges and I saw pictures of him and videos of him running and driving cars and and even riding motorcycles, driving motorcycles. So clearly there was something that I didn't understand that was going on and 
maybe he wasn't as mobile as I thought he was and when I went to pick him up at the airport I wasn't really sure what to expect I didn't know if he was gonna be in a wheelchair I didn't know if he was gonna need help getting around and as I drove through the pickup area looking for him he wasn't hard to spot he was standing at the curb big beast over six feet tall and he walked over to the car with confidence when with really zero indication that he was walking on two prosthetic legs and you know so we recorded the podcast after afternoon and it took forever it was like five hours or six hours and then we got done with that and we went and grabbed steak and the next day you know he said hey can, can you give me a tour of San Diego can you show me you know some of the sites around here and so we did that and I took him down to the the buds compound where the seal training is and then I took him to the seal teams and we went to the USS Midway the aircraft carrier museum and we were walking all over that and and then he wanted to go down to the beach town where I live in so we we walked around there and it was awesome and he was enjoying it being down from the cold frozen tundra of Canada and as we got towards the end of the day you know Jody started walking a little bit slower and and I noticed on his face he had a look of discomfort right that he was you could see he was trying not to really reveal it but it was there and then finally he said you know can we can we sit down for a minute these things start to hurt after a while and he's pointing down at his legs and I said of course yeah no problem man so we sat down for a little while and he recovered a little bit and then we got up and we walked a little bit more and then he said hey man can we sit down again and I said yeah man of course so then we sat down for a little while and and then when he got up again he said hey can we just head back to your house and, and maybe sit or sit around there for a little while these things are they're starting to hurt pretty good right now. You know, the, the skin wears off and it starts to bleed and, you know, it doesn't feel good, man. And I said, yeah, brother, no problem. So we headed back to my house and, and we went up on the deck and we sat there and just kind of hung out and talked. And, and it became clear to me something that I did know from my other friends that have been wounded badly that it's a lot harder than it looks it isn't the bionic man and it's hard to adapt the intermingling of human flesh with mechanical parts is not a natural thing it's not a smooth thing it's a battle and it's a battle that's hard for us to perceive from the outside But it's a battle that takes place every minute of every day, usually behind the scenes, privately. Because as soldiers, as Marines, these men learn to suffer and bear their burdens silently and without complaints and it was here at my house that Jody explained to me why he needed a handicapped accessible room he said yeah you know man I get home and I got to take my legs off and then I got to crawl to the bathroom to use the toilet and I got to crawl to get in the shower and I need those little handles to pull myself up it's a struggle and Jody suffered and struggled again not outwardly not in public but alone he pressed on and we 
kept in touch over the last couple of years, you know, text messages and what's going on and did you see this and I sent you that. And I watched as Jody continued on his journey of his life and it's awesome to watch and he got back to Canada and he started a podcast and he continued with his political career and he wrote another best-selling book called Everyday Heroes and you know from a distance everything appeared to be going great but again things aren't always what they seem and behind all that Jody was struggling and a couple months ago I got a text a simple text from Jody and it read bro the enemy outflanked me now in military terms that's about as bad as it gets it means the enemy has attacked your weakness it means the enemy has the upper hand it means you have lost momentum in the battle and it means you could very likely be overrun and being overrun means that you're gonna get killed and I could see from that text that Jody was at war again not on the battlefield but in his life But Jody's a soldier. And Jody fought back because that's what soldiers do. And a little while later, he sent another text that read, I'm finally turning into the ambush and starting to fight through. He attacked the problems. He's back on track again, back on the path. And came down to visit me and after talking to him a little bit and discussing what he's been through I asked him if he would come on and, and talk about it so other people not not just veterans but everyone that struggles all of us can learn from what he's been through and what he's overcome so here we are once again and with that Jody Jacko welcome back to the podcast wow you had me uh, you had me all get in the feels there for a minute thank you <sighs> yeah man it's um thank you for that you you were you were talking to me last night about <clears throat> about the texts that you had sent me yeah and you said you know there were some there were some heavy texts I sent you and and I was like, really? <laughs> and you said, yeah. And I go, did I pick up on it? And you were like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought you did. Well, no, when I read through them, I clearly did. Yeah, and, yeah. And just through the responses and the conversation we were having. But that that first text that you sent me, yeah. I was like, damn. And and then, I, of course, I went and went back on your social media looked at what you've been going through and you dropped off social media and so you had basically reached out and said you know hey brother needs to lend a little air support over on this side and so what happened from I mean just you leave here 
from from the last podcast two years ago. You go back to Canada. Yeah. You start your podcast. That was going great. Yeah. Great podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, got a you know a lot of people were listening to it, getting a lot of feedback from people. A lot of people were hitting me like, "Yeah, Jody's podcast is great." So you're doing that. Yeah. You're working on the other book that just came. When did that book come out? October. Last October. Last October. Hit the shelves. Bestseller running. Boom. Yeah. So but I was just, already. I was already. Hadn't done a podcast since May. Um, actually, uh, last podcast I did was with some guys from Cansoft uh, that started their own uh, company, Tactical Beaver. That was like supposed to springboard us into the next podcast. We had some other guys coming in, some other Cansoft entrepreneurs, and we were starting to like kind of shift to supporting veterans and their business opportunity because mm-hmm. it seems like we're all becoming entrepreneurs or the guys that will employ our friends and things like that. And that's what I want to focus on is how do we help the troops after they go through what I went through? Because I had zero plan. Nobody had really dealt with this stuff in Canada since Korea, really. Yeah. We had some guys in Bosnia and that, but the, the, the chain of command and the, and the government, frankly, lied about the fact that Canadian forces were in combat uh, in, in, the, in the former Yugoslavia. That all aside, the point is we were... We were trying to lead by, I was trying to lead by example. Luke, my, my echo, uh, Luke, was, uh, was trying to help out, and he was doing his best. And he was seeing the wheels fall off the Jody Middick machine. And he kept trying to, like, put them back on and gun tape them and um, just do his best, though. Because him and I, it's not like we're, like, close buds. Like, we're not, like, besties since we were kids or anything. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to keep his distance and keep that, like, Jody Middick podcast is Jody Middick's, and mm-hmm. I'm... I'm Luke. I could tell too, and I kept telling my friends that you know that were close as well. Like, I can tell he really wants to help, but he's not sure. And then one day, um, so I had a kind of a perfect storm. So I moved out of my house in October last, October 16, and you know I'll just get that out of the way. That was the beginning, really, mm-hmm. of things going south. And it's not because uh, my ex and I are enemies by any stretch we're still friends we have two amazing kids we had amazing life it's just sometimes uh you know sometimes units don't mesh right and that's just kind of the way it went you know we both have different visions of our future and and things like that so but then you kind of gotta put on the the face for the public you know um and so I stopped going to the gym at that time. I stopped seeing my therapist just because he's on the other end of town and I can't be bothered right now. I got too many other things to do. Um, and even when I was here, like you said, you saw, I forgot about that walk. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I remember sitting on the wall at, yeah, on the sea wall. It, is, it, is it Ocean Beach? OB, yep. And I, I love, like, the Amer- Americana, that's what we call it in Canada. Americana history is amazing mm-hmm. to me in the California beach yeah. Each beach has its own history in the in the group. I love and you're talking about it. And I'm looking around at all these buildings built in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and I'm, and in my mind, I drove Route 66 to get here. Mm-hmm. Like I love the history of this of this country so much. And then I was on Route 66 until I saw the Pony Express Trail is to your left, and I went okay, turned left, and I followed the Pony Express Trail down into Arizona. Um. But even then, uh, like you said, like the pain was really hitting me and I'm terrified of the pills because of becoming addicted. And so, okay, what do you do for pain if you're not taking pills? And I'm not a weed guy. Like I know I talk about it and Mm -hmm. everything, but I don't know anything about it, but I know a lot about Crown Royal Mm -hmm. and Jack Daniels 
and uh, and Captain Morgan and mm-hmm. I are good buddies. And uh, so I found, <clears throat> I went from having a beer after work, or in my case, uh, I like cider. I know I get made fun of for it, but booze is booze, boys. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, I can't wait to have that cider after work or that that uh, rum and coke uh, when I get to the get to the pub with the with the guys. And the guys now, the guys that you're talking about now are your fellow people you're working with in the government. A lot of them are politicians, but also just some of the boys that, because Ottawa is like the biggest military posting in Canada. Oh, okay. But also all the Kansas are in that area. Got it. So I got, you know, buddies that are coming back from deployment in Iraq uh, on and off and they come in, they're home for a month, they're gone for three, home for three, gone for a month. So whenever you get it, you hear from them, you run out and of course- they just got back from the sandbox, so mm-hmm. they want to have a beer or two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, because it might, like, I'm going, going, going. I get up at six, put on my suit, go to work, uh, come home, and I'm in pain the whole time. And from the pain you saw to October 2016, and then come spring 2017 now, it's just, it's reached points where, I wouldn't, but I was thinking about drinking before work. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm like stressed out. And I was stressed out, but it's more like, oh man, like my, because I, you, the, there is a deadening of the, of the yeah, pain. For sure. And it's like, well, Uber ride is only 12 bucks to get to work and this and that. Or my staff drives right by my place to go so I could have her pick me up. And that discipline kept me from doing that for a while. And then I had a, a trip to Oregon to go shooting at the Leopold Shooting Academy they opened there. That was great. But before I left, I think I took my legs off for a solid three to four weeks. And I was in my wheelchair. And that kind of sucked because my car isn't set up to drive. You know, my place I got, which is like a block from the house, so it's not that far from the kids and, and the ex and everything. So, you know, I'm seeing them a lot uh, anyway and stuff, but nothing else in my life is set up to live without legs. Even like where I keep my coffee in the kitchen is for when I'm on my legs. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my I'm in my wheelchair the first day and I'm like, oh, I don't really make coffee when I'm in my wheelchair, do I? Oh, tongs, right? So I get tongs out of the cupboard, reach off. I can do this, whatever, adapt. And then it's like, okay, time to go to work. Oh, shoot. And then I did call my staff and she picked me up or I took an Uber. But then I went to Oregon and that was a week, like it was about uh, seven, eight, nine, day, nine days on my legs straight, excruciating pain the whole time. Whatever was happening, the doctor, I finally went back and she said that like my skin had reached a point where it couldn't regenerate fast enough. So it was just breaking down. And then the way I like to wear my legs was being rejected by the body. So I like to wear with like, it's called a suction, a suction hold. So it's like a vacuum until you release it with a, with a valve. And my body was like, well, we're done with this. But I'm like, oh, no, me no like, leg, leg sleeve, leg sleeve, take away mobility, me no want. And so my, you know, that if you're going to be t- dumb, you better be tough. You're going to be stupid, comes, you got to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and, 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 and I didn't have, I'm not living with, with a medic anymore. Right. So she's not there to be like, Hey, stupid, put yourself, like take the legs off and and let someone take care of you. My mom actually moved to Ottawa, December 16, and I'm completely ignoring her advice. Cause you know what mom, mom's always going to try and look after you, but come on, mom, I'm 40 years old. Jesus. Um, and I was pushing away against a lot of the same, same things I, 
would then, in the same day, would tell people like, hey, man, you got to let people look after you. You know, because I get texts. I'm probably the same as you, right? I get texts, BBMs. I get DMs on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook on my fan page and, the, and then the podcast page. Uh, hey, what's going on? Like, I need help with this. And I'd be like, don't be afraid to go get help. Don't be afraid to reach out. Those around you love you. Let them look after. And I'm completely ignoring any of this advice myself. Because I'm like, I kicked Oxycontin when I was 22, I think, and on deployment. I stopped smoking just because I wanted to. Uh, I drink on the weekend. I don't need to drink. But meanwhile, I'm sitting there checking these messages while having a drink. I know. And I look back and I'm like, I'm so stupid. But it, I guess sometimes you got to go through. There's a reason why you go back to basics. Is there, is there like in your mind when you're going through that, are you thinking to yourself, I could stop if I wanted oh, to. Every I day. just don't want to. Yeah. I don't. It's not getting in the way of anything. I'm still functional. Mm-hmm. I'm still at work. I'm still doing. To me, my main job was what I was elected to do. Right. And I have a four year. In my mind, it's a it's a, it's kind of like being in the army where you're on four year four year commitments. Right. So I'm like, well, right now I have a four-year commitment. I'm not drinking at work. I mean, at some point I did start drinking at work. But in politics and business, as you know, like sometimes after lunch, instead of going back to the office, you have a beer. And you're still working. Mm -hmm. You're still talking about issues. You're still getting, like I used to get a lot of advice from, I shouldn't say used to. I I get a lot of advice from the other more experienced politicians because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And we all would have a beer or a cider and then they'd go back to the office and I'd stay and keep on the phone and yeah I'll have one more you know and then another group of guys would come in from like oh hey uh, you're still here like you know so and so is already back at city hall what kind of what kind of drunk are you happy i'm a happy go lucky i get a little loud but it's not like i'm like hey what's going on um but they're, you know, anyway, well, I know what you're No, asking, no, no. I'm actually just asking. It, like, you could you could still call on the phone and be like, oh. hey, buddy, blah, blah, blah. You know, some people, when they drink, they get angry. Some people, yeah, when they no. drink, they slur their speech really bad. Yeah, So no. you got all these different types you can, of, dr- you know, drinkers. Yeah. When I drink, I basically just, like, am more of... Jocko. Yeah. 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 I'm more Jody. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, I do slur, but even I can, I'll be like, ah, I'm slurring my words. All right. Okay. Well, hey, I'll, I'll drink some water for a minute and then I'll get it back or I'll have a coffee. Um, and I'm good. I'm no, I'm normally, and even when I'm like, I rarely get fall over drunk, mm-hmm. right? If ever, but just let me rewind. I know that's a long answer to a short question, but so may I get back from Oregon and I'm just like dying. And then I had to go real quick down to Albany because of part of my job with the city is I'm the sports commissioner and I'm desperately trying to get the CrossFit games to bring the Eastern regional games to Ottawa because I just think that'd be awesome to have in Ottawa. We, you know, we got the UFC in, in Ottawa. I was a part of that. So I was really proud. And I said, when I got the job, I said, I want to do two things in the four years, get the UFC and get the CrossFit games. So I'm still trying to do the CrossFit Games. I got less than a year to do it, but I think we can do it. But anyway, that's... There's a lot of people that uh, participate in CrossFit that listen to this podcast. Maybe they yeah, can start well, a little I've movement. Met, I've met a lot of them. And you know what? The CrossFit guys are crafty. And Albany City itself, they don't want to lose the CrossFit Games. So they knew I was in town, and they mm. started to sweeten in the deal, if you know what I mean. And the CrossFit Games go, well, Ottawa's offering us this, Albany. What you got? <laughs> hey, it's business. I get it. But you know what? I'm coming back. Um... 
I got back from that trip. That was about a four-day trip from Ottawa to Albany and back. And when I was here with you guys, I didn't bring a wheelchair. Because, and that's what I meant by I crawl around, which is yeah. why I could stay at your house, but I don't want your kids seeing a grown man crawl to the bathroom. And it's not because I'm above crawling. It's just it's one of those personal things. In my own space, I'm not above it. And around like loved ones, okay. So that's why you want your own space and even uh, and stuff like that. So even when I visit my dad, I get a hotel room. You know, my dad loves me, and it's, I'm not. But it's also my space. Or if I want to crawl around naked, I can. Mm-hmm. Right. And so anyway, that's why that. So then I get back and I'm. I take the legs off, and I just I can't put them back on. I look. I would like. I don't know if I said it on your show last time, but I have mornings where I look at my prosthetics. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry for swearing. I know we're allowed, but I'm trying to be a little bit better of a man, Echo. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Doing you know what I mean, Echo? I don't yeah. want you having to edit out things that I say. <laughs> oh, good. So, You're doing great. Um, I took them off and I just looked, I just threw them across the room. I said, I can't deal. I have a wound in my left stump. Did I show it to you? No. It's been there since April of 14. And it happened, I remember the second it happened, my brother and I were doing an amazing race thing post-show in Alberta. And we did a little like, you know, go, hey, Jody and Corey from Amazing Race, woo, we got a few bucks for it. And we gave a speech to uh, some con- convention. And then I was walking down the airport to, to the plane and I felt something go on my foot. It's And it's like having a hot spot when you're on a ruck mm-hmm. march or whatever. Except I can't really shift what part of my foot I'm walking on. I, I just can't. Mm-hmm. And it went from a little tiny like break in the skin to something the size. In Canada, we have toonies. It's two dollars. Mm-hmm. I know you guys still use the like dollar bill. Like a fifty bill. cent piece. It's or like something. a fifty yeah. cent piece, and then back now it's down to like a pinprick of scab. But that's what are we talking now? We're uh, almost four years, right? And I had to mitigate that the whole time. And it was painful, and I got a couple. Inf- I got two infections in, in the four years from it. But that's where I was like, "That's it. I need to let myself heal. I need to like let my body regenerate." Except now, from that, and it took me until fall, late fall, to realize that when I did that, I might as well have stepped on another landmine. And I went through. It took me to late fall to go because I was like, because that's when things really went south. Because you basically, not even basically, because you lost your legs again. Yeah, I lost my legs again, except because truly when you were down here, even though you were in pain, bro, we were doing, you know, we were walking up and downstairs. We were we were doing whatever. We walked all over that yeah, aircraft walked carrier. Walked over that aircraft carrier, up and downstairs. We walked all over the SEAL compound. Yeah. We walked, over, you know, we. I loved it. Yeah. I went out on the beach. To, when we walked out on the beach <laughs> where you guys torture the, the, the recruits. Yeah. <laughs> in every step, I was like, because yeah. you got to dig through the sand. Yeah. But to me, that's hollowed ground, bro. Like, yeah. like when you took me to the grinder, I remember standing there like, this is the grinder. Like <laughs> I'm a Canadian, I'm Canadian army. And, but there's some things where you go, you just, you feel yeah. right. If I brought you up to the recruit spot and for basic in the Canadian army, you'd be, you'd, you'd feel, you get that feeling like this is where soldiers are born. Yeah, that's it. So you I know? was going to say, there's been a lot of those little, they have the little fins on the grinder. So the, what, what Jody's talking about is where they train seals. That first through, day through in, the, in the movies, right? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's, and they have little fins. So like little dive fins. Mm. There's little 
forty. You know, the Marine Corps they have boots. Yeah, yeah. In the Army they have boots yeah. painted on the ground. They paint them on the ground. Mm. Well, in the at the grinder at Buds they have little swim fins. Two little yeah. tiny swim fins are painted. Mm. And there's you know a couple hundred of them, and that's when you get out there for PT. You stand on your little set of swim yeah. fins. and then okay. as the days go by, there's less and less of you. Yeah, right. And, less and, less. and then, and I've read a, I've read, if I've read less than twenty four Navy SEAL books from. <laughs> From the beginning to today, right? Mm-hmm. Yours included. I'd be surprised. I've read, I've read the uh, the old Lerps, right? Mm-hmm. I've read about those guys. I've read about the original Rangers. I've read about the Canadian um, uh, American Special Service Force. Actually, when I was with Rob, my buddy from the Green Berets down in Yuma, I was wearing a Ranger Up T-shirt. That's like a Special Service Force tribute. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, like that's our history. That's the history yeah. of, of 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 soft in Canada and the U.S. And, and 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 then you know, and buds and the Green Beret or Navy Seals and the Green Berets were kind of created by Kennedy at the same. Blah, see, look at me. I'm a, I'm a fucking nerd when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> so you to know, me, you know, the uh, I haven't been there. But I've heard about it because a lot of my friends have been there. The Aussies, they have a parade ground like yeah. in the middle of their compound. Have you been there? No, I've never been to Australia. They're the the only time they use this parade ground apparently is at memorial services for their men. Yeah, and I believe that no one walks on it. It's just in the middle of their compound. No one walks yeah. on it. Well, in Canada, we have a similar thing where if you're on the parade square and it's not parade. Like you're going on extra duty. Mm-hmm. Like if the sergeant major catches you on his parade square, a you better be have a broom in your hand, or you better be on parade. And if you're not, like, because it's because it's usually like, oh, if I go from here to there, it's right across the parade right, square, right. but it's the short route. Yeah, and it's like one of those tests, right? They're yeah. the new guys. In the hallways of most units, the the unit uh, emblem is in the floor, mm-hmm. and and there's one of those sergeants. That just has nothing better to do but to stand there and watch and see who steps on the... Who, and even if you're like family of one of the troops, <laughs> what are you doing on my, on my hat badge? And you get the knife hand. It's awesome. But when I was here, I wasn't going to not go see the grinder because yeah, my course. fucking legs hurt. Yeah. Don't be a pussy. And I, I'll be honest, that first night after you dropped me off, I had a couple drinks to ease, to ease the day. Mm-hmm. Like when we left your porch and you dropped me back at the, at the hotel. Yeah. Um... I, I went and I had a few drinks at the hotel bar, you know, and I and I I was actually toying with talking to you about this stuff back mm-hmm. then because it was bugging me then. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? Who do I talk to? Jocko's the kind of guy, Echo is the kind of energy you want to be around and like, you know, and that's one of this part of this this trip for the last ten days I've been on is kinda of like refining so a lot of my Canadian and American friends that have kept me on on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Or as much as you can to, for Jody Middick. And, um, <laughs> yeah. oh, bro, it's a constant wrestling match, right? The little evil and the good angel, except a lot of times they high-five each other and go, okay, let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, and, um, and yeah, man, so when the legs came off, so no car, so now my mommy, Uber, or my staff, or my ex are driving me around. All happy to do it. All not, yeah. like, holding it against me. But at the same time, man, I, I'm out of sandwich meat. Hmm. Okay, now I need to go to the store. Hey, mommy, can can you drive my car and take me to the store? And and then that's I kind of turned my hat backwards and kind of like you know tried to like you know cowboy up and, and do it. But I took me again till man. My daughter turned nine September nineteenth. I think it was her. I missed a lot of her birthday from being hungover. And she was at this awesome trampoline place and I'm in a wheelchair and I remember getting there and being like, 
all I want to do right now is jump on trampolines with my with my little girl, and I can't a and b. I'm an hour and a half late for her party, uh, because I decided to have too many drinks last night, and that was when I was like, what the fuck is really wrong with me? Because I couldn't really get it, and then what is what is the escalation? Right, so you were down here with me. Yeah, you know we worked hard. We because it's it is you know doing a podcast like when 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 we do sit there and talk to each other about intense stuff for five yeah. hours. Yeah. Then we went and ate. We stayed up late. We get up early the next day. We go do all the stuff that we did. Yeah. And you get done. You have a couple drinks, right? What does that escalation look like over time? Where, where you're like, you know what? You're not even saying like, oh, I don't know if I should have drinks. You're like, hey, as soon as Jocko gets in his car, I'm getting some drinks right now. Yeah. Is it something that you recognized? Is it something that you just well, you just said to yourself, you know what? This is gonna make me feel better right now, and I gotta go. I, gotta I don't do it. remember exactly what month I was here. Do you? Like, no, I, I don't remember. No, I know it was a warm month in in Canada. Like it was cool, but it was spring or fall. Well, we started in December. It was 24 yeah. podcasts in. That's how many December weeks? of what? Like 2015. So it must have been spring for fifth, uh, 16. Yeah. yeah spring, spring 16. So I, cause I remember in Canada, it wasn't cold, but like we were wearing, still wearing down vests with, with hoodies and stuff uh, when I was doing my quick podcast before I left. So at that time, I was, it was just the pain was just kind of like a couple drinks for bed, right? Mm-hmm. But even that was bugging me. And that's what I mean, like when I was, but then like if, if, if it had been this spring where we'd met, yeah, I would have been like, like this the whole time. And like, as soon as Jocko's gone, I might've just like last night when we had dinner, I might've just been like, fuck it. I'm having drinks. Yeah. I don't care if Jocko's here because being around someone like you, like, and I used to be the guy who could, I don't need to drink. I'd go months and be like, oh yeah, I haven't had a drink. Like, you know, I'll have a drink. And and you don't drink, and you haven't drank since you were like in your twenties, I think. You no, said. no, no. I haven't drank since I retired. Oh, okay. The Sorry. last time I felt the effects of alcohol, which I felt quite strongly, was the, <laughs> the, basically the day I retired. Yeah, you're and the you're, day you're, I retired, yeah. which was October first, two thousand and ten. You know, of course, me and the boys we went out. We had a bunch of drinks. I woke up in the morning because I still wake up early, and I woke up in the morning and I was like, "Well, yeah, that's done because I got other stuff I got to do now." And yeah. basically, when I no longer had, we'll call them friends to drink with, yeah. then I was like, yeah, well, I'm done with that. And I just, ever since then, just haven't really, yeah. you know, I've had, a f- and another thing is sometimes people think I'm like offended if they have drinks or whatever, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know? I remember actually I went, I was on, the first podcast I was on was Tim Ferriss's. Yep. And we got done with the podcast, and he, you know, we went out to go grab some food, because I was staying the night at his house. And we went out and we got some food. We got some steak. And he's like, "Do you mind if I have a glass of wine with this?" And I was like, "Bro, I don't care." You know? Yeah, and, you're not like a reformed alcoholic. No, or I'm not. Yeah, no. yeah. You and just decided one day. You're like my dad. One day he was like, "Ah, this gets in the way of work." Yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of my attitude. Doesn't really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I want to drink and, something that tastes good, then I'll drink a uh, chocolate milk, which yeah. I love the taste of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a chocolate white yeah, too, yeah. right? I mean. That stuff makes sure. me feel good. Yeah. And I just, um, yeah, and people ask me about a lot of, and I need, it's something that I need to address on the podcast. Because the other thing is, just, I might as well delve into this a little bit right at this moment. But when I was a kid, I was into hardcore music. Yeah. I was into, and and the type of music that I listened to was against drinking and against 
Like, it was? Yeah. Punk, the, 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 you talking about edge we're, Yeah, we're talking straight edge. We're talking minor thread. Wait, we're, yeah. Really? Yes, absolutely. And oh, so wow. it was almost, and I was, again, I was never really, I'm very, I'm very, I'm not a real good follower. So anytime there's some kind of a movement going on, I'm always like saying, wait, why is this movement going? Why? I'm, yeah. I always question that. I don't yeah. just jump in. I'm hard to get on board with something like that. So it was around. I wasn't like, so there's a there's a thing with straight edge. Okay, so this this thing was called straight edge. It started in, I'd say you'd the, the epicenter of it was in Washington, D.C. The first band really to coin the term was Minor Threat. Which is a punk band, a hardcore punk band. I've heard of them. I assumed they were partiers. No, not at all. Just by the name. No. And so one of the things that, one of the symbols of Straight Edge was, uh, you know when you go to a bar, or when kids used to go to bars for a show, for a a music show, if they were too young to drink, once when the bouncer looked at their ID card, they'd put a big X on their hands. And so the Straight Edge symbol was they'd put the X's on their hands, meaning, look, I don't drink. And it's actually funny because I took my... Two of my kids to see the White Buffalo the other night in San Diego, and it was awesome. <laughs> and but when they came, when they showed their IDs, they got the X's on their hands. And <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, it all." So is, it's yeah. both hands. So so what the straight edge kids would do is they would draw big X's on their hands, meaning, okay. "Hey, look, I'm not drinking." So there was that, and then that, of course, morphed into like a gang. And there was, you know, by the time I was a you know middle teenager there was hardcore gangs that would assault people that drank and would get crazy and get violent those guys together like. with the juggalos <laughs> yeah so it just so 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 when i was a kid i was okay. again i wasn't like a full-on i wasn't drawing i don't think i no i never like had x's but on my just hands drinking. but i but i understood philosophically right. what was being said right. which was look i want to win right I'm hardcore. I want to be stronger. I want to be aware. I want to be alert. And drinking and doing drugs doesn't give me any of those things. So at that point. So sorry, but even at that age, you understood the fuel that goes into the machine affects the performance. Yes. See, I didn't get that as a young man. Yes. So here I am. And and it was, you know, I was in discipline. And, you know, I had a band. Before the seals. Oh, yeah. I had a band, a hardcore band. The name of my hardcore band was Rage of Discipline. That was the name of my hardcore band. That was after, that's what that's what Bronson's Children because my first band when I was like 13 was called Bronson's Children. But then as I got older and I got more hardcore, oh, then yeah. it became Rage of Discipline. There was also about nine what, other bands. What's Bronson's Children? Bronson's Who's Children Bronson? was Charles, Charles Bronson. Bronson. He didn't drink? I don't even know. Oh, no. you, but Charles you Bronson, just we, like, we, that's we do a know, dope name. We do know dope. Charles Bronson was a badass. When I was yeah. a kid, I thought Charles Bronson was the man because he he's was... He's the baddest man on the planet. Yeah, he was, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a tail gunner in a, you know, bomber yeah. in World War II, and he grew up in the mines. Yeah. He, when he was a kid, when he was 10 years old or 11 years old, he was working in the mines. Oh, yeah. And until he was old enough, that he used to have to wear a dress because he didn't have this parents didn't have money to buy him clothes so he had to wear one of his sister's dresses down to the mines yeah. so then he went to world war ii and then he became and you know he's, he's just had great movies and he always played this stoic character that yeah. was unemotional and so i was you know hey when i grew up i'm gonna be charles bronson of yeah. course so then we had a band it was called bronson children well as we got more hardcore eventually that name morphed into rage of discipline of which elgin james was the guitarist who's another buddy of mine that echo has met who will come on the podcast at some point and tell his crazy life story which i'm a 
big part of in the beginning until I, I joined say, the military. We got to nuts. hear the the pre-military Jocko yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So think, I'll be tuning into that one. Long yeah. story. Then I joined the military. Yeah. So when I joined the military, what do I want to be? I want to be a. I want to be a, a seal. I want to be a frogman. I want to be the best frogman I can be. I show up at a seal team. Guess what frogmen do? Frogmen drink. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. Now that I know that, give me a give me a shot of Jägermeister because yeah. I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And that was sort of how you proved yourself, and that's what we did. And I was immature and dumb, and and despite everything I just said about like, hey, I'm a little bit, I'm hesitant to really follow. Well, now I'm in the SEAL teams. This is oh. my dream job, and this is what I want to do. And if you don't buy in, you're not in. Yeah, and it's like it's not. I don't even know if it's. It's just like that's the way it is. That's yeah. Like, My first drink, I was 17, right after I finished basic training. I show up at the regiment, and they're like, all right, what are you drinking? And I'm like, because my family's full of alcoholics on both sides. And it's nothing, like, it's nothing against them. Like, you know, grandpa was, my other grandpa was, and grandpa's grandpa was, and, you know, one of my uncles. Okay, they might hear this, but like, you, we all know what you do, okay, right? So not a big deal. But um, and dad, But dad was one of those guys, he was like, well, that just doesn't affect me and me personally like you as a kid i'm like i don't really see the interest like what i'm gonna throw up on myself and whatever whatever and i was one of those kids that say no to drugs actually worked on mm. you know like uh now i'm older and i'm like man i should have been smoking weed since i was like 12 and shit but um <laughs> <laughs> i still don't but i just i just like you see the effects on people like when i was a bouncer i'm like yeah the, like the guys who smoked weed were really mellow yeah and the guys who did coke and drank like they were the ones who were the problem but um when I get to the regiment, the first night of parade is done, and they're like, okay, what are you drinking? And I'm like, well, I'm 17. They're like, this is an army mess. Like, it's okay. Just don't worry. We're all going to keep an eye. Like, it, yeah, it's not, like I'm not trying to tell the world, like, hey, underage people drink, but hey, underage people drink. But it's an environment full of people that are there to look out for each other anyway. So I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, okay, this is the way it is. And same yep. thing. Yeah. Work Monday to Friday. You work your ass off. You you go hard as you can. Like you go hard in the paint. Right. You, your your tires are stri- are st- are stripped at the end of the day. Friday rolls around. Okay. Don't see it. Eight a.m. Monday morning, boys. And uh, you know, d- if you're gonna drink, don't drive. But if you do drink, driver. That's what you got told when you when you're dismissed for the weekend, right? Yeah. And so basically, have fun. Blow off the steam. Don't hurt anybody. Uh, and take care of each other is basically what you're told. So the SEAL teams definitely is a culture. It was even more when I first got in because now you're talking about the old Vietnam guys and there wasn't a war going on and it was just, hey, what are you going to do? There's no war going on and you're you're a frogman. What are you going to do? Well, we drank. And and I'm not I'm going to look down on. It. I mean, we had a great time. It was, was fun. We bonded. We you know, it was it was fun. It was what you you know, it was what we did. And yeah. I'm I'm not even trying to say anything negative about it. But that's what it was. And unfortunately, there's a lot of guys. I shouldn't even say a lot. There's a, a decent number of guys yeah. that don't do well with alcohol, man. Yeah. And it ruins yeah. their lives. It ruins their careers. And that sucks. It sucks to see. Yeah. I never really had any issues. I drank when I drank. It never interfered with my Same work here, any time, yeah. in any way. And, you know, that was it. It wasn't a huge deal. And right. I mean, of course, when, I mean, when I'm talking, when I was 19, 20, 21, 22, I mean, we drank a lot. We drank a lot. It's weird how your body lets we you at that a age. Lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got up the <laughs> next morning stupid. and did yeah, PT. Yeah, we got up the next morning no and problem. did PT like it was nothing. We, and, and that's what we did. Um, but then, like I said, and even now, you know, when I, when I go out and hang out with some of my old buddies, or actually it's more, not when I just, when if I go and hang out with some of my old buddies, 
you know, we, we probably don't even, you know, maybe have a beer. But the, when I go out and see the young guys, the young guys are getting after it. I don't look down on them at all. I think, you know, hey, you they're, find, they're getting after it. You I, know? Found, I found when I hung out with my buddies that are still serving, you're not in the gig anymore. You're not doing the job. So you're a little out of shape. Your, your drills are a little rusty maybe or whatever. I find when I'm around guys my age that are still operational, I can't keep up with them drinking. Or yeah, anything I, because I, I, it's it's yeah. part of the training, it's part of the culture. I've fallen off, and even like before I was in, I didn't really drink. And then when I got out, I stopped drinking as much, you know. And it's not like again, guys, we're not Jocko and I aren't saying the military we're all f- functional alcoholics. What we're saying well, is, it's just what we do. Yeah, and you know, and remember the job that w- that we volunteer to do. We we volunteer to run into gunfire, yeah. uh, you know, for our countries and for fun. Like, let's face it, a lot of us think it's fun. I thought it was the best time of my life, but you still got to blow off that steam. And booze is really good at lubricating the the you know the 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 the, the machinery of blowing off steam. So when I when I started drinking for pain though. Yeah. Is where I realized, because even the pills, bro, like, let's go back to my pills. I didn't know I was addicted to the pills until I watched uh, Intervention. Hmm. And mm-hmm. Billy was addicted to Oxycontin. I was like, I, I said this on the show last time, Oxycontin, that sounds familiar. And I pick up the pill bottle that's next to me and I go, oh, I'm on Oxycontin. And then they say, the doses he takes are this. And I'm like, I'm on three times the dose he's on. Yeah. And I'm like, that's when I went. I can get addicted to pills. I get it was so foreign to my brain that doctor said, "Doctor, me, me in pain." Doctor, go here, soldier, take this, and I go okay, and I take it. No more pain. Go fight more. You know that's that's going back to the alcohol thing. Yeah, is is one more thing for me. I I was just about to say this. Was I said, hey, look, when back in the day before the war started, there was like nothing else. Like, yeah, there's hey, nothing you, better you, to you're do. You're just gonna get drunk. Now the younger guys, they're smarter than we were, yeah. and they, they, but they have a they, reason to be. They, do, they have a reason to be there, and they have a reason not to drink. They're like, "Hey, bro, I'm gonna go fight a war." You know, like I want to be in shape, I want to be better, I want to be faster. I don't want to get in a fight. I don't want to get a DUI. So they're smarter than they are, and that part of the culture is slowly changing, and I think it's good. Right? I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome, and I, I hope it continues. Um, Again, I think it's it, it got overemphasized when I first came in. Yeah. It was overemphasized in the '90s. It was like, but it was a way because we weren't fighting anyone else. Exactly. So it, you drink to be a man, yep. and then you fight each other. Yep. And if another platoon shows up, you fight those fucking guys. If another squad shows up or another company, all right, band together. I know we were just fighting, but we'll get yep. back to that. But yep. there's a re- there's an armored regiment over there. We're gonna go fuck those guys up. There's there's something that I've been thinking about on this subject, which yeah. is. If in the military, right? Yeah. And even in life as a human, you want to prove that you're ready to sacrifice yourself for yeah. the cause. I'm, I'm yeah. willing to make the sacrifice. Well, in a bizarre and kind of unfortunate way, proving to Jody that, you know what? Watch this, Jody. I'm going to drink 16 no, shots you're not. of fire water. No, you're not. Yes, I'll no, do you're it because I don't care. You, you don't have the parts, Boom. bitch. Let's and there see we it. go. Oh. Then I, I prove. Line up 18. Line yeah. up 18. Army versus Navy. Let's go. That's how That's it happens. That's the fucking way it goes, Echo. <laughs> Echo, you played football. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about that earlier, about, yeah. uh, or on the show I was listening to where you're taking a shit with no stalls. <laughs> And you're so saying, what's, yeah, in football, we'd rip the doors off the stall. And yeah, that's yeah, how, yeah. oh, yeah, what, I don't care. Watch me shit. What's, what's more apt <laughs> you're probably to happen the worst. now? <laughs> what's more apt to happen now is a guy to be like, hey, I can clean and jerk 
you know 285 what can you get and oh, yeah. and and so the guys are they're focused on something that's Fitness, better now yeah. they're Except focused on they're blowing better. out shoulders and knees. Yeah, well, we'll course, talk about that but, later yeah. but but so the, but i get what you're saying because in the canadian forces we hadn't had a war since korea yeah and we had the what combat we had as i was coming in was being downplayed we had guys take we had a guy uh, and this is history this is proven he took an RPG round through his chest, like just killed him, obviously, and everything. But his family was told he was killed in a rollover because our government was like, they're supposed to be peacekeeping. Where was it? In, in the former Yugoslavia. Damn. I know a guy who took a sniper round through the chest as a tank commander. He was told, shut the fuck up, take your pension and your benefits. Got full benefits. Like it didn't, they didn't downplay what you got mm-hmm. if you're wounded. They just said, don't you dare tell anybody. We had a, we had a unit come home after like fighting some of the most intense combat in Europe since World War II when the Croats were trying to go through a Serb area and ethnically cleanse. And this is in the 90s when the Canadian like rep for peacekeeping really got, which was known since Egypt, but came back because. Our units and the French Foreign Legion units were the only units that were like, fuck you, we're not moving. If you're going to ethnic cleanse through here, you're going through us. Whereas all the other UN units ran away. And they were in four or five days of like intense combat, bunch of wounded, no killed, thankfully. But the government and the, and the, and the chain of command were like, shut your fucking mouths, go home like nothing happened. That's real? That's real, bro. Uh, Google Maydak Pocket, Canadian Forces. And you'll read all about these dudes who just like... Basically, we're like hanging out, drinking coffee, smoking butts, and telling war stories that they never happened to being in a war and going, holy shit. A buddy of mine, um, he's going to get mad at me. He put out a book called Shadow Keeper or Ghost Keepers. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get the name, sorry, and I'll, and I'll. And he was the first Canadian unit, him and his unit were the first Canadian units into Bosnia. And the shit they saw and the things they went through, it's a great book, by the way, Ghost Keepers. Um, why would he be mad at you for talking about it? No, no, f- forgetting the name wrong. Oh, okay. No, sorry it, about that. Um, but the point is that at that time he was told like, you don't tell, we don't, we don't brag is what the line that was told. But really mm-hmm. the government back home was like, we didn't know this was going to happen. Well, that you don't peace keep without busting heads. Yeah. Like there's a reason if you, if I want to go kill that guy and you're in my way, um, well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and go through you, right? Like they, 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 this concept of peacekeeping, you know, was like, you know, like the guy with the billy club. Ah, okay, everybody keep it down here. See, like that's kind of what the politicians <laughs> thought. That works we, with college kids sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, and even with but even then, every now and then, you smack one over the head with that billy club. Like, <laughs> and I think, and I remember my first tour in Kosovo. Even we trained for crowd control. We trained for a whole lot of things, but then. The final training exercise was when we all went, oh, because the Russians rolled in and took over the airport in, in Kosovo. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And we did a live training exercise, uh, a joint um, uh, armored, uh, a full combat team exercise, like main battle tanks firing. And it, like, I'd never, my, my dick was rock hard. <laughs> like, we're fi- we got 500 rounds on each other. We're just like bullets flying everywhere and like uh like range, the range control safety was like minimal mm-hmm. right because they're like trying to simulate real yeah. combat and and then we got but anyway the point is that when you don't have anything to point your soldiers at they turn on each other and that's what we were getting yeah, at yeah. earlier 
but to round out the whole like what soldiers board soldiers are a danger echo i think if you've been around a group of active navy seals i, I think or maybe even army guys like yeah if they I got have. nothing else to fight they'll just fight each other yeah like it's, we, it's we like, used to we used to whenever we were waiting for a plane to go on a trip like this is for my youngest <laughs> like it would start off with okay let's see who can hit that pole over there with a rock yeah right and then all of a sudden it's like okay let's see who can hit the light with the rock and then all of a sudden it's hey let's see who can hit that car tire with a rock and pretty soon you're car is it whoever <laughs> just yeah, a bunch yeah. of idiots yeah, yeah right and pretty soon you're even ha- either having a rock fight right <laughs> which is which is not smart because you're hucking rocks the size yeah. of baseballs at each other or whatever yeah and, and yeah but i think so, what yeah, we were talking about was how the, the newer guys see how we did it but they have an enemy though yeah, absolutely. Like they have, they a, have a real a, enemy. We have a perpetual enemy that is not going away. Nope. And so I see the guys that are in my unit now, they come in and they're like, okay, what supplements are going to keep me at my best? Exactly. Like they read my book. They go, okay, so Jody, you'd stop drinking coffee how many days before you deployed? I'd be like, well, at least five days. So it's out of my system. Because when I'm out there getting after the enemy, I don't want to be having a caffeine crash. Mm-hmm. But if I need it, I want that piece. Did you ever get that wake up gum no. in, the, in your rats? No. It's like four cups of coffee in one or or two cups of coffee. And like when you need it, like I would keep that in my pocket till the very end, like the helo might be coming to pick us up. And if I didn't take it, I was happy. But sometimes you take that in the middle of a mission and you're like, okay, I got two more days in me. Right. But the point is like they have something to aim themselves at. Whereas at the beginning we didn't, but even then booze wasn't a big deal to me. It was just what we did. Like you said, fast forward to this fall, that would just pass, and I realized I'm crashing. I felt like you a B fifty two. You were saying you saw something. Oh, you because I kind of cut you off. But you were talking about seeing the program where they show addicted people. What's that program called? Intervention. You, you were watching was Intervention back when I first got wounded in 07. and that's when I realized I was addicted to the pills, but got not it. addicted like I need a pill. It was like my body would just start reacting, and I would be like, oh, I'm itchy for some reason. And then that's when I started easing off, and I never took a pill after Father's Day 2011. Uh, but even that, you read the book. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying pills from a guy in an alley once, and I went, "What the fuck is it like?" And the system is treat me like an asshole because I want more pills. And then they're like, "Yeah, if you want more pills, you got to come to the hospital every day to get your dose." I'm like, well, "I'm not a fucking junkie, doc. I just don't the dose you're giving me isn't enough to keep me from feeling like shit." And like, and then I'm mitigating my stress with the pills. So maybe okay, so go to more therapy. And that's when I started rebuilding in 2011. So come the fall, I'm still not on my legs. I, so I this is wait, this is 2011. 2011 is when I quit the pills. Got it. And that's why I thought booze wouldn't be a problem. Cigarettes aren't a problem. Booze isn't a problem. You'd pills quit problem. booze. I mean, you'd quit pills. Yeah, whatever. You'd quit cigarettes. It'd be, it'd be, it was like a whatever. When the time comes for you to quit booze, you'll just quit. That's what you were thinking. When I'm ready, I'll be done with it. Got it. And but what I what what happened? And, and if you're a politician, the most important thing, federal, uh, state. Uh, municipal so in Canada state would be provincial budget money money is the big thing that everybody worries about in private life and everything else so so wait, if, what when are we talking about right now sorry you're already back you're back I know up I'm bouncing around yeah. a little bit I'm just saying in my mind 2017 wasn't that big a deal as far as the drinking because I'd kicked all these other habits and I whether it's real or not, I had an army psychologist once tell me I had an anti-addictive personality because I guess like you, like to me, it's like, okay, well, what's going to help me function better? 
what's going to get me to the next day without too many issues. And if I want to have a few drinks, I'm going to have a few drinks. And I can because tomorrow morning, I don't have to be anywhere until 9 a.m. anyway. So whatever. If I'm a little hungover when I get there, I'll have a coffee and a glass of water or Gatorade and an Advil. Not a big deal. Fast forward to, again, my daughter's birthday last fall. Oh, daddy can't be there yet because I'm still hungover, right? I got my I and I and it was when I realized I'm going through. I was like, I felt this before because I kept asking myself, what the? Why do I keep screwing everything up? And then the budget process started. That's where I was going with this, and that's where I remembered I'm not because you're Jocko. You're not a private citizen anymore. You know that, right? What do you mean? Well, if you fell off Instagram tomorrow, there's a million people out there. It'd probably be like, well, where the fuck is Jocko? And I was posting less. I was being less upbeat in what I did post. The few last couple podcasts, even going back to the spring, on one of them, we got loaded. And we said it was for fun, but I like I needed a drink myself. Um, and uh, I'm starting to miss budget. And budget is money. That's what everything runs on. The city of Ottawa has a $3.5 billion budget. Why isn't Councillor Middick at the budget meeting for the uh, Community Protective Services Committee. Community Protective Services Committee. Oh, he's not feeling well. His legs are bugging him, stuff like whatever my staff said. I'm tell- They're asking me, what's going on, boss? And I'm like, yeah, I just I need you to buy me some time. But that's when the media and the voter goes, no, 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 no. We get it. You like to write books and you like to do podcasts. And you like to shoot guns and you, you know, you're a dude and we, and we accept you as who you are. But our four-year commitment the biggest part of that commitment is making sure the money is spent properly and on the things that we want it spent on. And we elected you to be that voice. Why aren't you at that meeting? And personal private matters can only get you so far during like the most important part of, of your job. Right. Well, either go on medical leave or be at the meeting is basically what I was told, right? Get a doctor's note or be here. Hmm. And that's when, uh, I ended up doing that radio interview in December when it really came to a head and when I had to really admit to myself, like I'm border, I think I was in my mind, I was borderline alcoholic, I guess. Um, but I was, I was just not able to deal with that failure in myself. Like, how, much, how much, how much were you drinking at the peak? It was a 40 ounce of whatever I get my hands on. Sometimes it was like two, remember one time it was two 26 ounce bottles of rye. Crown Royal was my brand mm-hmm. of choice. And uh, if that wasn't around, again, Jack Dan. It was and you're drinking, a, you're getting done with work and that's it. You just No, at this drinking. point I'm just waking up in the morning and drinking. Oh, okay. So Not even going on. to work. Like I was just, I knew in the morning I couldn't go and then you feel like shit because you drank all day. So what do you do? You go for the hair of the dog and that just turns into a perpetual circle. And then the wounds I was talking about earlier, they're not healing because my body's full of alcohol. And a friend of mine said, you know what? My dad used to have that problem because he drank too much too. And he would like cut his hand working on like uh, woodwork in the shed and it would be there for like six, eight, nine months. And then he'd sober up for a couple months and then it would go away, but then he'd fall back. And I went, your dad, the maniac you've told me stories about? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like... Okay, so this is really becoming a problem. So now I'm dealing with the internal struggle of I'm a complete failure of a human being. I've met, I failed my kids. I failed the voters. I failed like friends of mine like Jocko and Echo who 
you know, we expect certain things from each other, right? Or we, th- we think we do. And you could, you could have a terrible day, and I would never judge you for it, but you don't know that until it happens, right? And even if you know that, you still don't want to admit it. Never mind to Jocko or Echo. How about to yourself, right? And again, I'd stop meditating. I'd stop going to my therapist. I'd stop going to the gym. I'd stop podcasting. I'd stop writing, really, even though... And then during the book tour in October, and I know I'm rewinding a little bit, but I the last thing I wanted to do was go on the book tour. But the book is coming out, and that's a commitment that I signed. And, you know, you're dealing with all this, and I, and I did the tour in my wheelchair, and everybody's like, oh, you're doing so much better because you're okay with being in the wheelchair. And I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. Close the hotel room door and, like, open a drink, right? Have a drink. So... December was the worst month of my life. Getting blown up was easy, in my opinion, dealing with this shit. But what I didn't do in 2007 was actually deal with the fact that I was blown up, frankly. I was so like, yeah, recover, be be useful to the regiment, be useful to the queen, get better for the country, um, put prosthetic legs on, life is normal-ish. And then now I'm like, okay, first of all now, dude, you're 40. Uh, Second of all... You you're, you have kids that are now like where the f- like I would see them and they'd be like we miss you like where have you been like why aren't you around more and like you you don't live far away like what's your excuse because like, oh because I'm ashamed of you seeing me all dealing with the next day of being drunk and stuff you know and like, and it really it really it really became I understand now I've I've always been sympathetic to addicts since my oxycotton days but. Now I get how depression can really make you into someone not worth saving in your own mind. And I get, I get it. And I've, I've never dis, uh, I've never thought hatefully or anything of friends that have committed suicide or have gone down that path of depression that you just, if you're not in it, you don't get it. And you go, man, why can't you just like read a book or listen to some comedy or not drink today? Like have, I'll sit with you and have a water and like, you just don't get it. And I was doing a lot of this on my self-isolation too, mm-hmm. because you don't want anyone seeing you like this. And then the few people that do hang around are often in the same, in one of the levels of, of fuck up, <laughs> of life fuck up. And so, you know, I've talked about this before where, and it sounds like you're describing it exactly. I talk about how like people get into a place where they're basically in a storm, right? There, there's a storm yeah, all around their head, and no matter which direction they look, they just see clouds and thunder and rain and horror, right? And everybody that's outside that storm looks at them and they go, "Well, yeah, you're in a storm. Just come over here and you'll be out of the storm. Just move over here and you'll yeah. be out of the storm. Yeah, just yeah. put down the drink or you know start working out again or whatever. You just move over here and you'll be out of the storm. Yeah, but." But that person can't see. They can't see the direction. Not just Everything around them is a storm. They don't understand how me coming over there is like climbing a mountain. And not to give anyone shit, but maybe a little bit of shit if you know who you are. Hey, man, uh, want to watch UFC tonight at my place? Yeah, cool, except, hey, bro, I'm in a wheelchair. I can't even get in your front door. Can you come to my place where I can get around and take a piss without getting out a water bottle and, you know, like, being embarrassed in front of your wife yeah but you live all the way over there like we've already got plans and shit like well cool what about next weekend eh 
that kind of that didn't help as well because people like they don't like even coming here you're like oh i'll just buddy carry you up the stairs and i'm like yeah i trust you but at the same time like some of my friends offering to carry me into their house are like 140 pounds like soaking wet never been lifted a weight in their life and nothing against them but it's like you want me to trust my physical safety or you could just come to my place Mm -hmm. like like and they don't get it and i don't i'm not mad at anyone about it it's like it's like that saying like i don't hate them about it but at the same time it's kind of like all right cool man i'll just uh, watch the fight and we can text and i'll be at my place alone again right like cuz i don't even even my dog isn't at the place where i'm at right now right so that all thing just kind of fell into a big blender and in december um how long did that so did this when you got back in your wheelchair yeah. You gave up the legs. Is yeah, that's, that this really? Is this is May. So in May, when you like I said, so you went on that long trip. You yeah. went to Albany. You yeah. come back from that. Now you're now you're like, I'm done with my prosthetics. They're freaking killing me. Yeah, and I'm getting in a wheelchair. Back in the wheelchair. Is that sort of like now you're just you now you're just gaining momentum going downhill? I th- yeah. Well, that, and but that's the crazy thing is I thought I'm starting to climb up mm. because I'm like finally admitting. I can't wear my prosthetics because I would like walk into council, which is the big like every two weeks you do the big meeting and that's where all like all everything you went to the bar and drank about and then went to the office and like argued behind the scenes with each other. Now you sit down and you go all those in favor. aye, all those against, you know, nay. And then it's passed all resolution passes. And now it's a legal lead ice cream on Bank Street on Sundays which is a bylaw in Ottawa that I'm going to actually try and get changed, by the way, from like 1800s. But the point is, that's the big show. Mm-hmm. Like if all the other training, right, like that's the live fire exercise or mm-hmm. that's the actual op, right? So that's what you work for. So when I started missing those at the end of the year, when we're pat, like the budget is the thing that if without budget you have, you guys just had a government shutdown over mm-hmm. budget. Yep. That's what you're trying to avoid. And that's when the media who, you know, are doing their job, but... Jody Middick in a headline gets clicks, and now Jody Middick, the guy everybody loves, oh, he's fucking up. What's going on here? One guy even made a video called No Show Middick, because I'd missed like four or five meetings. But the meetings I'd missed were the ones out, like you could miss every other meeting throughout the year, and nobody would give a fine fuck of a rolling donut, (laughs) which is a saying out of a book, a series of books I love, but... But I miss these three meetings. Oh no! Oh no, man! Like these are the meetings we really voted for you to be at. Were you at No Show Middick? And this guy is trying to make a name for himself as a political commentator. Whatever, he's an asshole. But the point is, <laughs> say that shit to my face. Um, the point is, he's right though. Mm-hmm. Where is No Show Middick? And now in my because that's what I was in my head already. Mm-hmm. Right, and then I'm like, okay. So I thought if I said personal family matters or personal health matters, they get it. They know me. They know I've dealing with stuff along the way. But they're like, yeah, we get it, man. But if you don't tell us what's going on, then we're gonna assume you're just fucking late being lazy. Because what else? Why shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. And I went, okay. And a and a reporter buddy of mine, and I sent you a couple texts. That's when I and I when you said that earlier, I my skin went like you know got the goosebumps because I forgot I sent that. And I was starting to think like, okay, I got to go back to basics. I got to remember who I am and what I was and my own advice. And that's when I went, oh, yeah, I got too comfortable in my pity. And the enemy now is on my left flank and I have zero defenses on the left flank. And what do you? instead of fighting a shitty losing rear guard, 
you turn and you face the fucking you face the battle. So I turned. And a reporter friend of mine, and for, for for the record, reporters are not really friends. They're those friends that you kind of keep at arm's length and you're always ready to punch, but you never know, right? Yes. Not really punch, but I'm not threatening anyone with violence, you PC world weirdos. But the he, he called me on a personal <laughs> note and he said, hey, man. Here's what's being said in the in the in the media world about you, and this is what could be going to headline if you don't say anything soon. And I went, okay, well, some of that's true, some of that's made up, but that's what you do when you don't know. And I said, all right, uh, can I come on your show? And he's like, well, that's what I was just about to ask you. If you want, come on my show, and that's Evan. And we and then we went and we talked about it, and he was very kind to me. He's rough. He's a tough dude. He's a tough a reporter but at the same time very fair and he hit me with a few with a few hits and I hit him back but what I did was I got it all out of my system because basically you feel like you're holding never mind I'm keeping a secret from Jocko and Echo I'm keeping a secret from 40,000 residents who trust me to be their counselor then there's all the fans of Jody Middick that are out there and all the supporters who are all amazing and who all are willing to support you through the best and the worst of times, but they can't support you without anything that they like to them. I just stopped podcasting for no reason and I've stopped being positive on social media. So what, like what you just decide, is this the real Jody now? Is that who, like, were you faking it before? Like that's some of the messages I got. Like, Oh, obviously you figured out that you can still make money and be, be the asshole you actually are. And I was like, oh, shit, like, Jesus, maybe, maybe I am that asshole. But when I did my buddy's show, a huge weight went off my shoulders. I shouldn't say buddy, but, you know. But the point is that that was the beginning of me turning into the into the fight instead of running. And I had a couple of setbacks. So so hold on. So this show that you did. And you, you said you listened. I, I did listen yeah. to it, but um, the, 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 the premise of the show was what you did for lack of a better word, is you took ownership of everything that was going on. I even laughed. Uh, I was laughing right before I went online. I went onto the show. I said, I'm doing a jock and I'm taking extreme ownership. You took extreme ownership. You went I'm on there. own this. So you went on there yeah. and you said, look. Cried like a baby, by the way. Anyone who thinks been, I'm a tough guy. I've been drinking too much. Yeah. What did, did like? What were the facts? That, what were the things that you took ownership of? Was that, My, the, that was the major thing, right? Well, the, the booze caused a lot of the... Lack of energy, lack of att- att- attendance mm-hmm. went down because it's one thing to be buzzed. It's another thing to be completely hung over and fucked up and show up for a meeting. Like, you you know yourself. I know myself. And I know, like, if I go in there like this right now, people will be like, he is completely fucked, right? And I know I'm swearing a lot and I apologize, but you avoid that and then so I said okay guys well here's why I missed this meeting and here's why I missed that meeting because I've turned to an old friend Crown Royal instead of my my therapist and my doctors and my friends and my family and my supporters and all the things that made me able to cope from 2007 to 2017 so for basically a decade I forgot about and I left behind like never mind I was never mind the gym like stopped the gym stopped talking to my therapist stopped talking to my kids, stop talking to my ex, stop talking to my mom, stop talking to my dad, my friends, again, I was self-isolating. And there were times when I'd want to pick up the phone and just call like you or Rob or um, or some of my friends at home or some of my sniper buddies and just be like, 
I don't know what to do. And now you're man, Echo, right? Sure. Imagine trying to make that call. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a man problem. I'm saying it's a definitely a human problem. But I, I'm the guy everybody thinks. I get told, you're the poster child of success post-injury. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking bullshitter. Like, that's how you feel. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whether I am or not, I've been lucky and I've made a few decent decisions on, for my own accord. And I am where I am through hard work and discipline. And now what? And now I feel like I'm losing it all because I have I have I been faking it? Was this just a ride that I was on and now I'm done and I want to get off? Like the thing, the things that go through your head. Now, first of all, I, I was never suicidal. I never thought, never crossed my mind. I don't know why it just didn't. But I, I did have one thought one day where I went, I think I understand why some guys take that path though. I had a, such a day one day where it was in December and I, it wasn't like I thought, oh, things would be better if I was dead. It was like, I just, I was at such a low moment and I went, I think I get it why sometimes guys take that path. Cause it's just like, you know, like it was just such an extreme combination of everything from all sides. And I went, I think I kind of get it now. Cause before I, I don't know about you, but I've, mm -hmm. I've tried to figure out why some of the guys go that route and I just can't. But that moment I went, oh, okay, I kind of get it. And it was, it wasn't like I thought solution for myself, mm -hmm. but I, I just, that was very quick as it took about two minutes of in and out. And it stuck with me though, because I went, that's the first time I've ever had any thought like that. Right. And then, so my daughter's birthday is late December and I missed that one too. And then New Year's Eve. And I've already made plans to go and do an assessment that would tell me how terrible of an addict I am as, a, as an alcoholic. Because that's what you are. You're an addict. And I'm going to AA, kind of, sort of. And I have a sponsor who's all over me. He's a great guy. And I won't say his name here, but he knows who he is. And he's a beautiful human being. Um, and he's trying to get on top of me and Luke's trying to get on top of me and my mom and my ex and my friends. And they're all trying to just be like, okay, man, like we get it now. We've heard, we've heard your calls loud and clear. Now, how do we help you? And then it's trying to like mitigate that. And then, well, it's, you know, it's Christmas. I'll have a few drinks. I know I told the world this, but you know, I can handle it. I'm not, I'm not that bad. And then the next morning you're like, oh man. But then New Year's Eve, I had some company that came out because they're like, we heard you, man. We're here. It's New Year's Eve. Let's hang out. Let's be. Let's have fun. We'll have a few drinks. We're all here to keep an eye on you. Can't get that bad. We know who you are. And the next morning, it's like, I did what? Because now all the pressure's on now to get better. Oh, yeah. And I was hearing radio interviews where they're... I was headline news in Ottawa for a couple days where they went, wow, real brave of him to say that. Now, how's he going to get better? Guys are talking about me. I have to retire. Are, uh, resigned from politics mm. uh, in Canada with the gun laws as they are a public sit anyone can call in a threat on anybody who owns guns right so some gun hating citizen and I'm not hating them for this I'm just hating them for being a dick said <laughs> oh I can get a prominent gun owner's guns taken away if I call the police and say I think he's a threat to public safety and that's all you have to do it's completely anonymous which is bullshit and anyone can do it against anyone that's a gun owner 
And so now the police call and they say, listen, we have to do an investigation. So like. Damn. So that actually happened. So this was, this was right before New Year's Eve. So I'm like freaking out. I am losing my shit. And because I'm like, I don't know how it works. Now they're very understanding, but they have to do the check. They look, once an investigation mm-hmm. started, real or not, or um, substantiated or not, we got to go through steps one to Z. Okay. So they go and inspect the guns. They, the guns are safe. The guns are where they're supposed to be. Everything's locked up. Everything's proper. Da, 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 da. Talk to my family. Nope. He's never been threatening with them. La, 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 la. And then like, and then, and then, and the New Year's Eve rolls around and I have that terrible, this is the last, I, the last drop of booze I had was New Year's Eve. And we started with a small bottle and I drank it all myself. And, and this past New Year's Eve. This past New Year's Eve, like, okay. so what's today, 22 days ago, 23 days ago. And the next morning, uh, I got a little bit of a lowdown about what I was like, and I call him Evil Jody. And he came out once in 2005, after my first deployment to Afghanistan and before my second one where I got wounded. And I was bouncing at the time, and I was, you know, having some little bit too much fun in life maybe, but I was also drinking too much for the wrong reasons at the time and a lot of us were because we had the Canadian forces we hadn't dealt with you know combat a lot right like I said and a lot of us were green uh, when we went into Afghanistan the first time so maybe a lot like you said a fair number of us me included were maybe choosing the wrong ways Um, I was still meditating and all that so mitigated a little bit but I called him Evil Jody he came out my friend, my one one of my buddies who uh, still talk to, he's a police sniper now, but he he pulled me aside and he said, "Hey man, like I've never ever seen you act like that ever. No matter how drunk you were, or what it was going on, or how angry you were, or who pissed you off, what the fuck was that about?" And I went, "Oh, that sounds like Grandpa, or whatever." So I locked him in a cage, and I used to joke that you know, oh, don't let, don't let the caveman out of his cage. And then, but that night, so the 25 days ago or whatever it was, he got out and I didn't hurt anybody and, or, or anything, but I said things you don't, shouldn't. And I maybe made actions that you shouldn't. Yeah. And for me, the biggest thing is when you, you realize that you had no control over what's happening and you How about know not what even you're remembering. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You I, don't remember I did you did what? all these things. I said, what to yeah. who? Oh my God. And you're just like, you're think I, and I called, so I called one of the people that was there and I said, I am so sorry. And he was like, been there, done that dude. You got to get your shit together. I'll be here when you're done, when you're ready, or I'm here tomorrow. He was such a great guy about it. And I went, Oh, so the world doesn't hate you for being a fuck up. And I, it, that helped too. And we talked about this last night, like who, when you mitigate, um, crisis, David Letterman or Tiger Woods? Mm-hmm. Whoever, like, don't follow the Tiger Woods book. Go with David Letterman. Own yeah, it. So explain what David Letterman did, because I didn't so, remember it. Yeah, so in in in, uh, in a nutshell, David Letterman got, he got caught in an affair on his wife. David Letterman, by the way, is uh, is like a talk show host at oh. night. And, uh, well, he was. Some people not, yeah, he's not anymore, but I guess he was, and he was pretty popular at some point. Yeah, he was already. Like, Tiger he, Woods, he, some people for those of you who don't know, is a, is a golf player. So he, he yeah 
If you haven't heard of him, he's like, yeah, he's like half black, half Thai, and, you know, he swung a golf club pretty good for a minute, uh, (laughs) but he got caught cheating on his wife, too, but, so David Letterman got a uh, blackmail letter right before one of his shows, Mm. and the guy said, I know what happened, da-da-da-da-da. Because he was having an affair or something? He had had one, or he was having one, and it was like, pay me $40,000 a week for the rest of my life, or this or something I'll tell the world and David Letterman went alright I fucked up and he went out and he st- and I don't remember ex- I did see it but I don't remember exactly how it went but basically usually they do a monologue these guys before their show and he went instead of today's monologue I'm going to look into the camera and I'm going to say I cheated on my wife and she knows about it and we're working on it and somebody else found out and they thought they were going to get money from me so he looked in the camera and went, fuck you. The police are coming to your house right now. And to the rest of you, I apologize. I'm sorry. Am I, to my wife, I apologize. And I understand if this is a problem for us, and then we will have to deal with it again. F- because of who I am, it's world news. and da- he, he owned it. Mm-hmm. He owned all of it. And uh, the other day, he interviewed this guy named Obama. You might have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, on his new show on Netflix <laughs> called, uh, I forget what, The Next Guest or something. And he was on. He's he, he's still seen as a good dude, right? Because he owned it and he and he worked through it and he and he didn't not talk about it. And then there's what Tiger Woods did, which is run away, hide, uh, not admit anything. And he Tiger Woods went through four or five years of t- just complete chaos in his mm-hmm. life before he finally even. I think now he still places in the bottom fifty. I think he's at the PGA. I don't know. I don't he still really plays, but he probably just plays to pay the bills now. He was worth a billion dollars at one point, and he lost it all because of not owning a fuck up. Mm-hmm. He probably still would have lost a lot of it because his wife took half. But regardless, sponsors dropped him. He himself, as a human being, couldn't look himself in the mirror. I'm sure, right? And blah blah blah. So I said, okay, well, this is my Tiger Woods or David Letterman moment. Like uh, going on the radio, I thought was it. Now we're two weeks later ish, whatever it was. Yeah, like two weeks later. And I'm like, well, either I never drink again or I continue down the path of bullshitting myself into saying, well, I'll just get better when I'm ready. And uh, this journey I've been on for since I left, when did I leave? I forget. Jan 18 or 19, I left Ottawa and I've just been driving. I've, I wanted to drive Route 66 since I was a teenager. And, uh, you know, like I talked to the kids, I talked to Alana, I talked to my mom, I talked to everybody that mattered. And I said, I'll be back. First city council is January 31st after our Christmas break anyway. And I said, I'll be back. I'm going to go visit some people that are going to look me in the eye and tell me if I'm full of shit or not. You guys being some of them. And, uh, when I get back, I'm going to, my therapist, I already have an appointment my uh, my doctors for my legs because I'm going back to basic training to learn how to use prosthetics again so I don't go through those issues again. I'm going to talk about my addiction issues. I'm going to talk about why I'm not, I'm going back to the gym. I have a diet plan already. I have a trainer waiting. Um, I'm I'm going back to the basic, I'm back, I'm in basic training to be a human being again. And I, I, was, I was laughing this morning listening to your show about the basic training at Marine Corps base in Paris Island because I was like, fuck, man, I just, I keep doing this every three or four years. I, I got to go back and relearn what it's like to be Jody Middick because I am evolving 
beyond, I had to evolve beyond the soldier and then I had to turn into the citizen. And then now, now I'm turning into something else, I think, uh, because I had a plan until I was 44. I thought at 25 years in the army or 20, was 27 years, retire, become a contractor, teach shooting for the rest of my life and just be that grumpy old guy that, you know, well, if you want to know about shooting, you talk to that guy, be good, decent money. <laughs> Right, I didn't want to get rich. I just wanted to pay my bills and hang out with my my dream retirement was going to be to herd alpacas around on my horse with my rifle, shoot coyotes, and and listen to like gangster rap and read books. Like that was it. That was <laughs> what I yeah. wanted to do. But but life has a funny way of pointing you in directions that maybe you need to go in or you didn't know you had to go. And I'm back on the Jocko podcast, <laughs> spilling my whole life and my soul out for everybody and. I hope somebody learns if we keep one troop from like, listen, I, if, even if you're on the road where, you know, you're fucking up, pull over, call in air support. Like Jocko said, yeah. like you got, we have so many resources we don't know about. And, uh, you know, we all, uh, I'm, the, I'm the lone wolf. Well, even the lone wolf runs in a pack. And I think like that's how I've, I've thought it like, you know, the soft guys, you know, we're all alphas, but we're in teams you know and i rolled in a team of three hardcore guys there's me and my boys and but we at the same time i knew i had artillery support i had air cover i had this i had another sniper team covering the flank over there and recce platoon over there and you're never alone and even last night like i <laughs> i felt bad i sh i'm still in a t-shirt i drove in all day from the t-shirt i wore the day before and he showed jock i've never seen jocko dressed up and i'm like oh shit jocko's like in a button-down shirt and he's wearing <laughs> Shoes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not get crazy. I had on a pair of jeans, vans, a t-shirt, and a flannel shirt. That's <laughs> yeah. You were dressed that is, up. That bro. is dressed up. It was a button-up shirt. But yeah. I'm like, technically, I'm like, I'm like, okay. So I haven't seen him, seen you in two years ish, give or take a few months. We've talked, but it's not like we've been on the phone for hours, been like, hey, bro, what's going now? Like, you know, I, you were busy dudes. We kept in touch the way guys like us do, but we sat down and I'm like, okay. Do I eat dinner and then tell him tomorrow or, and I just basically threw up all over you <laughs> and you, and you were awesome and I love you for it and I appreciate it, but I needed that hour of just talking yeah. about myself yeah. and I felt bad about it too. Cause I'm like, I haven't even asked him how his kids are. You have, I have friends that'll do, you were willing to do that. For, and I've done that for hundreds of guys, yeah. but then when it's you doing the talking, man, it's tough. And I get it now. I get it now more than anything. So guys, you yeah, you got to pull over. You got to like, you just got to take a knee and let somebody else uh, take point for a bit. And that's just the way it is. You know how you were said, you said um, you kind of understand when people feel suicidal. You know, yeah, remember, I, remember when you said that? Yeah, I know. I know. And I've said that a bunch of times since it happened. But what's your question? Sorry, Let me like, do you do you? Because I think about that too sometimes. Where like, that's the well, only I, time I've I ever wonder, had that thought. Well, I don't think about me. I'm yeah, thinking yeah, like yeah. other people. Like, what does it take to be like? You know what? I'm gonna end my life. My question is: Do you think that it's like that feeling is like it's almost like this immense boredom with like you know how like you do, you just don't have it's not like oh. this pain that I gotta end. It's more that like there's really no reason for me to. It's like you're going up this hill, but the hill isn't that steep, but it's just it's so just never long. ending. Yeah, yeah, you know? I think that's part of it. Yeah, like it's it's like from what I've read, the few suicide notes that I've seen when, you know, when you find, like we had one, uh, 
I don't know if I talked about it on on the show last time. We I was teaching on a sniper course, and one of the guys, I was talking to him at one moment about what we're gonna do Saturday, because they're all guys you work with, right? It's it's kind of like I'm sure it's the same as the seals. A lot of them that come on the sniper course anyway are guys you've picked out of the platoons mm-hmm. and and then you know even if they pass you still have a meeting where you go okay do we really want to work with echo guys like i know we gave him the badge but is, are we going to let him into the teams and then so this is one of the guys so you know i'm getting to know him a little bit more he's from the other battalion and uh yeah cool man i know this girl in town and this and that and okay right on and 20 minutes later we're like where the fuck did he go we're doing roll call where the fuck is he and we found him hanging from one of the you know the pavilions that are out in the training area yeah. you get shade during lectures so he was out there and we find this letter on his pillow and i'm reading and it's about they they feel like they're in this pain that's never ending yeah and i don't think it's boredom i think it's just this it's the no light at the end of the tunnel feeling yeah yeah as you were asking that question um the word I wrote down was was because we've been talking about it. We've heard from it from the last couple podcasts that we did, and it's the same thing you just said. It's hope. So when you don't have any hope that this is going to end, when you don't yeah. see any light at the end of the tunnel, and like I said, when you're when you're stuck in this storm and everywhere you look, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see that the cloud ends somewhere and yeah, that the yeah. thundering lightning will subside. You just are in a storm, no matter where you look. There's a storm, and they say, you know, if there's no hope of getting out of this storm, mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. where that's where they start and luck- having those thoughts. Luckily, though, when it when the thought entered my mind, like I get it, and what I'm. <laughs> Again, I never thought of suicide, but I had the thought go through my brain where I go, I get why some people might see this as an option. Yeah. Because I did see like, because I'm texting him, I'm texting Rob, I'm texting, uh, you know, my my buddies in, in the Kansoff, I'm, uh, my regimental friends, my, my mom, my dad, my brother. Most of the people that should be aware there's a problem were aware. Yeah. So I still had lots of light coming in but it was my now it's your choice are you going to go towards it or are you going to stay floating where you are i guess is is a way like are you going to reach for the line or are you going to sit there and be like yeah it's just out of arm's reach yeah you know i i talk about detachment all the time and this is like another situation where obviously when you're when you're wrapped up in those kind of emotions right you 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 can't see anything else somebody that's outside they're they're perfectly clear can help guide you out of that even though it's going to be hard and there's things that not going to stand and all that but they can at least they know that they're outside that and they can see it just like on the battlefield somebody that's at elevation you know you get into Bro, a building or you a get a sniper tour. position yeah some guys go left go left go left exactly. and they go right and you're like fuck yeah so if so you can clear. reach out to somebody that can that has a little bit better uh altitude on the battlefield that you're in then and if you can reach out to them say hey man I can't see what's going on. Yeah. All I see is darkness. Point me in the right direction. Yeah. And they're going to tell you some dumb shit. Like, hey, okay, let's get you to a doctor. Let's get you stop drinking. Let's get you in the gym again. They're going to tell you some stuff that sounds stupid. It sound, Well, it sounds w- way too easy. Yeah, it sounds way too easy. Oh, you think it's that easy, bro, yeah, eh? Simple. Fuck. Just like that, yeah. But you know what I, what I like? What you said is you're like, man, I keep having to go back to boot camp. Yeah, and it's like that's really if you think about what boot camp is what is boot camp they're like okay put your shoes on like this make your bed like that eat this food do this workout that's what they do they get you on the program that leads it's it's imposed it success and it, and it leads to having your life somewhat sorted out and yeah. once you get that then you look around and you go okay now these bigger problems 
I, if I can control these little things, I can control this this thing that's a little bit bigger. And if I can control that, I can control this thing that's a little bit bigger. Yeah. If I can control that, then I can control this other thing that's a little bit bigger. But when you're not, you know, it's the same thing I talk about all the time with the sh- with the Chechens and the Russians not, you know, failing on that first war. And it all started when they stopped shaving. Well, it's the same thing with your personal life when you when you disregard these these fundamental yeah. things that you would do in boot camp. Yeah. When you start letting them go, well, then if the little things fall apart, then the bigger things I, fall yeah. apart. But contrary to that, when you put the little things together, you can start putting the bigger things together. And, and, and I've that's said what you're it, doing this right now. This whole podcast, I've talked about, what did I stop doing? I stopped, oh, well, fuck, I'm going to eat pizza tonight instead of my prescribed diet that I've d- ate for years and makes me feel good and keeps me in good shape because fuck it today. And then the next day, it's like, well, I did it yesterday. I'm going to have Cocoa Puffs for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a downward spiral of, ah, I don't need to go see my therapist. He's all the way on the other end of town. And I know my life sucks right now. Yeah, yeah. Don't and need somebody to tell me that my life sucks. I already yeah, know. Yeah. Hey, what do you talk about with a therapist? What do they talk about? What do you do there? So I'm assuming you've never? No. Uh, just Honestly, like you just bounce life off them. Or I'm, the what thoughts. I'm saying is if you got a guy that's listening right now, yeah. that's like, you oh, know. Is it I, embarrassing? I, I, not even embarrassing. If you got a guy that's listening right now that's going, well, what the hell would a therapist tell me? Why would I not just, you know, write in a journal or, or yeah. do something like that? Do Ooh. that too. Okay. I write in a journal, which I, again, which I stopped doing again. The writing in the journal is like your self check. Because I go back, I was reading through my journal. I kept a journal throughout the year, kind of, but, you know, not as often as you should. And I was reading through it and I'm like, wow, I'm even bullshitting myself mm. in this. My last therapy session, which is right before the, the downward uh, angle started, um, he said a few things to me that needed to be said, and I kind of took it to heart. I was like, oh, shit. But basically he said, you're putting a lot of work into being Jody Middick. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, man. You don't even know. You don't even know. But to, like, listen, like this is over a year ago, and right now I'm like, I'm still like, ouch, that hurt. But I, he was right. And it took me this whole time to get to the point where I'm leveling off now. But therapy is, you know, um, I think I said this to you last night. It's like Tiger Woods. Okay, Tiger Woods, bad example on how to mitigate crisis, but had a golf coach his whole career. And guess when he started sucking? When he stopped seeing his golf coach. No one is an expert on life. Um, I didn't have PTSD when I got wounded. I was cleared. Two different therapists and a psychiatrist both said, cleared of PTSD, massive depression, which is normal for losing even a loved one, right? And when they use, when you lose a, a limb, they say it's like losing a loved one. So two loved ones died, when it, but whatever, whatever. But PTSD can come back. We In Canada, we call it operational stress injury, which I was diagnosed with which is like an injury. So if you sprain your ankle or break your ankle, it's an injury. One heals differently from the other, right? Left alone, they both lead to failure. Your ankle will completely deteriorate and fall off and have to be cut out of the body or replaced if you don't treat it. If you're, um, I don't know, what do you guys call a Humvee? Or what do you call a truck? Yeah, Humvee. Humvee. Hummer. If your Hummer blows an axle, do you yell at it and tell it to toughen up and go have a fucking drink? No, you send it in for fucking maintenance. Yeah. And I used to say this to troops all the time. I'll say it again, and I've said it before. I've said this to colonels and generals like, dude, man, if you need maintenance, go go to the fucking maintenance shop, which is, in our case, the fucking mine guy. I had a talk with the chief of defense staff, which is our, not sec dev, uh, 
chief of staff. Chairman of, the, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, yeah. And we were talking about combat units. And I said, well, you know, and we were both c- getting on the philosophical side of things. Um, samurai used to meditate and practice, and they do practice calligraphy to perfect it. And the tea ceremony, ain't, uh, warrior monks of Europe would meditate, uh, would pray and fast. Um, the Mongolian hordes even had their ceremonies where they purged the demons and da, da, da. what do our modern soldiers do? There's no self-reflection. There's no meditation. There's no, we got to start from basic training. I've said, and I don't know if I said this on the last podcast. If I did, I apologize. I forgot my own advice again. What's rice? Rice? For your body. Oh, rest, ice, compression, elevation. That's taught to you the first day of basic training. Cause you're glad I remembered it. (laughs) Ah, right. But that's your vehicle, right? And your vehicle is your body that gets you into combat, which is where the unit needs you, which is where your country wants you. What's race for the mind. And this is where we all as a society have to go back and think about these things like jujitsu. Jujitsu. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Surfing. But this is my point. So when you go to a therapist, if you have no jujitsu in your life, you don't have surfing, you don't have calligraphy, you don't know how to meditate. This could be the beginning of you learning how to be of the beginning of learning rice for your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at it. But even still, I know enough about medicine that I can take care of myself for the most part without going to the doctor. But guess what? Now and then I hit something and I go, fuck, I need a doctor. So therapy, it doesn't mean you have to go every week on order like clockwork, but have someone that you're, that's your therapist or your psychiatrist or whoever, whatever level you need or you qualify for in your benefits. And that doesn't mean you go see them all the time. I had a guy that I saw when I had to, but a lot of it is up to you too. The individual is still a big part of this. I, as an individual, this is where it hit me really hard. And when you heard the emotion in my voice on the radio that day, I stopped even paying attention to myself. And I, as an individual failed myself, my friends, my, sorry, myself, my family. So my daughters, my ex, my mom, my dad, everyone who loves me for who I am, no matter what I do. And then I failed everyone around me that, uh, my friends, you guys, and this is how you feel because I didn't, as an individual, take ownership of the problem. So now I am, and I'm going back to therapy. I'm going back to the gym. I'm back on my diet. I know I don't look it, but hey, I'm on the road, and you know uh, those little powdered donuts and the little thing with a coffee while you're driving, delicious, outstanding. Are you talking about the chocolate covered ones or the? Well, those ones too. I found those ones at a gas station yeah. in like they're, Texas somewhere, called, and uh, they Don, are Donettes. Uh, Bro, we don't have those things in Canada. Yeah, they have them in America. But Dunkin' Donut Donuts might be better than Tim Hortons. I'm going to go ahead and say they're better. Oh, damn. And any Canadian that wants to fight me, Tim Hortons is owned by a Brazilian company now, so whatever. (laughs) The point is, um, I'm getting back to that life that led me, that kept me in check, because getting your legs blown off is a rough go. And I'll tell you that right now, but it's not impossible. But like any injury, I have a spot in my back, like mid back, just below the shoulder blades that I hurt when I was 14 and I felt it in basic. I felt it throughout my whole career, but you work on the muscles around it and you learn to mitigate its impact on your daily life. Mental injuries are the same. And I can tell you, I was cleared of PTSD, which is like the extreme mental injury, but I did have a mental injury 
and I forgot that. And then I had physical injuries on top of it that I basically ignored. You know, like even the mayor of Ottawa, he'd be like, hey, Jody, uh, you're limping today. What's going on? I didn't think you're going to make it to this event. This is before I the wheels fell off. I go, yeah, mayor, uh, you know, I was feeling a little pain and I know I didn't have to be here today. But then I remembered, yeah, I'm not a pussy. So I'm here. And he'd laugh be like, oh, Jody, you're, you're, a, you're a unique politician. That's for sure. But what I'm saying is like, I'm too stupid to stay home tonight so that tomorrow morning I can feel better and go to the gym and play with my kids like that. You know what I mean? Like it's. Too 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 tough to be that dumb. Yeah. So a lot of this clearly is ego. Oh, bro, ego <laughs> is a motherfucker. <laughs> and it's funny because, and I talk about this all the time, but like, obviously, you wouldn't be who you were and have done what you've done if you didn't have an ego that drove you that want, made made you want to be the. I mean, why would anyone subject themselves? To going to sniper school of oh, yeah, it sounds like a cool job. It's it's a shitty job It sucks. It's hard to do but guess what your ego you like I want to do that I want to yeah. be the best Donnie yeah. Wahlberg shows you the sexiest part of the job which is shooting <laughs> bad guys. Yeah, which and is like so rare by the way like uh, Yeah, the rest of the job sucks. So 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 you wouldn't have done I mean that the books the politicians the podcast everything that you've done there's there's some element of ego that drives it. Obviously, you want to serve, and it, well, you wouldn't be if it was just pure ego. You wouldn't be able to do it either because you you have to have a will to serve yeah. and a desire to serve your country yeah. and your brothers in arms. So that's true too. But to take it to the next level, you got to have some ego driving, and then what? That's that thing that can drive you to success can also drag you down when you start saying I can do anything I can get through this I can gut through this yeah. I don't need any help I can keep on this path I can quit drinking whenever I want those are all things well, that you're, are your 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 ego is your biggest enemy but you are your own biggest critic as well Jocko I'm sure you have these thoughts like any other human being like if I fail anyone today the person I don't want to fail is myself because you have an expectation of yourself, and I know, I know enough about you, and I, you know, we are the enough of the same guy as much as we are different. That the biggest person I'm trying to live up to's expectations are my own. So when you get up at four a.m. every day, and God damn it, I wish I could, but I'm not built that, way. bro. I like to sleep. I don't have to if I don't want to. Anyway, but. Like, see, listen, right now, like, I can get up at 3.30 if I fucking wanted to, okay? I just don't want to. I don't have to. I can get all my shit done in eight hours, okay, Jocko? Uh, but your ego is the one that goes, I can do that. And then your critic is the one that goes, no, you can't, bitch. <laughs> and if you fail, the first critic that's there looking in is the one when you look in the mirror and you go, I would do it, man. I would fucking do it. I would look in the mirror. I stopped, like... Like, cause you know, I like I keep a bit of a beard most times. My beard got big, and then it started growing in here, and that's when you know something's up with somebody. When they grow. <laughs> no, I'm serious right now. I know that's why because it's funny. I wouldn't look in the mirror. Yeah. Because when I looked in the mirror, I I, I saw someone who went, "You drank last night again, didn't you? Fucking loser. Good job. Yeah, why don't you shower and go and work? <sighs> so this this started coming in. Because even if I looked in the mirror, it was just enough to be, okay, I'm not a complete mess. Run out the door. My hair grew. It's, it's, it's weird, man. I can, I'm, I'm trying to write this down because I, I, even if it doesn't come out for anybody but myself, it's, it, I didn't go through it with the legs, losing the legs. And I did go through losing my legs again, but a whole other thing, bunch of stuff was happening. Like realizing, I know I said the soldier is dead, but... 
maybe I didn't really realize. And I had all these people looking up to me and also turning to me to have, okay, hey, my buddy's in, in trouble. Go talk to Jody. This guy's, she's in trouble. Like, And you're taking on all this other stuff. And honestly, man, self, I don't know what they call it, self-care. I think is what they call it. Self-care is your first priority. Oh, yeah. Self-aid. We call it self-aid. Yeah. Self-aid, buddy. Yeah. Aid. That's like your first person you got to take care and of And luckily, my daughters are so awesome that, you know, I talk to them on the trip every day and they, okay, when you get back, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kick it off right where we left it off. But they're the first ones that are going to forgive you if you ask for it. And so I've asked my daughters. I told them, daddy's going through some stuff, right? You've noticed. They're both like, Yeah. <laughs> Because kids don't give, they don't give a shit, Echo. You got kids, right? Yes. Yeah, how many you got again? Two. Yeah, they're, they're the first ones are going to tell you when you, they were the first ones to tell me like, hey, how come you're not coming around as much as you said you would? <laughs> like, God yeah. damn it. Daddy's really busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've always been busy. We want to go to the park. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm on, I'm just trying to rebuild everything and, and stay, stay on the path. Finally, I think, I hope when I'm 50, I'm not going through something again. Because by then I'm just gonna be too old to want to deal with shit, you know. I'm like, I'm not saying that's old. I'm just saying like you should have your shit together by the time you're 50. I think, or maybe I will. But at least I'll have these lessons learned over the last since 2007. When really. you said you're trying to write these down, you mean you're writing down what you're going through right now? I'm writing it down, and also because I am in the position that I'm in, right? You know, we're we're authors now. Out of anything else. Like we talked, we joked about this last night. Doesn't make us artists, but kind of does. <laughs> kinda, right, yeah. writing is an art. Um, but people, if people can learn from what I'm going through, and I know others have written books and done the, gone through the exact same thing, but we all have a unique way of presenting things. Maybe I turn it into a lesson. Maybe I turn it into something I read. Like I've read your book four times since it came out. I'm rereading Tim Ferriss's book again, uh, Four Hour Work Week, because. That's the direction of life that I would like to go in, politics or not, like doing it your way, but in a way that's smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. And in the army, right, we learn there's the smart way, there's the hard way, and then there's the army way, <laughs> or in the Navy, I'm sure it's the same. And sometimes none of them make sense, but you get it done. But I, you know, I want to spend more time on myself, my kids, my loved ones, my friends. And I think... And I, this sounds a little conceited and a little bit egotistical and a little bit selfish, but I've realized that getting my legs blown off, maybe I've earned the right to just do kind of what I want a little bit more than I did in the last 10 years. And I want to hang out with my friends, do something constructive for society still, but if I want to go shoot, I want to go shoot. If I want to drive my car across America, well, then I just want to do that. And... I think I've earned the right to have a little bit of flexibility in life to just throw my kids in the car and go. Well, I actually know you've earned that right, and uh, I told you that the first day I met you when it, when you were talking yeah, about I what know. you were doing, and I, I was like, "Man, you're you're doing way more than I'd be doing." <laughs> you know, I'd be I'd be <laughs> spending a lot of time with my kids, but you know, you have goals and aspirations, and and you've achieved those, you know, and you've done a great job up there, and and so that's good. You know, it's it's yeah. awesome to see, and if that change directions and now you can focus on you know taking care of your family taking care of yourself which yeah have you earned it hell yeah you've earned it man well i think what we always forget and what i forgot and i've continuously have to remind myself of, is i'm the beginning and the end of everything in my world and that sounds like a self uh what do you call it self self-fulfilling prophecy no 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 uh, 
self-involved, a little too self-involved. But if I'm not up and ready to go at 8 a.m., my kids don't get to school in time. And if my kids are late, their teacher's mad at them, and then that's a snowball in their life. If I'm late, they wonder where I am. If if I'm not at the office, my staff has to tell someone, hey, where's Counselor Middick? Uh, he's not here right now. Where is he? I don't know. Or they may have to make up a bullshit excuse. And even if you tell them your job is to lie for your boss, no. No, it's not. Your job is to be on to work on time, Jody. Mm-hmm. So self care and self-help and all that stuff is and taking care of yourself is the beginning of taking care of everyone that you feel you have a duty to yeah and that's ultimately what i want to talk about here and what i want you know so you know when i when, when i bust your balls about getting up at 3 30 in the morning that's what jocko does to make sure that everything in jocko's life falls into place for those you have four kids bro yeah. i don't know how you keep up with them all <laughs> i only have two and i can barely do it and, and so what I'm saying when I go back to my having my legs blown off earns me the right to be a little bit selfish about what I do with my time. Well, I'm going to be selfish and take care of myself more, which I haven't for a decade. Well, I would expand that to, to really to everybody. I'm going to tell you what. I mean, you owe it to yourself, everybody, right. whether you've been wounded or not, right. wherever you are in life, because the fact of what you just said, you got to remember this. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of the other people around you, right? And and so you have to. You have to the, take yeah. care of yourself. And, you know, my simple thing, and and my wife knows this about me. Like, if I don't work out, I'm, I, I'm not a good. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not the same person, right? <laughs> I'm not a good person. Yeah, I'm not a good person. Say? You know, but but really, if I'm not taking care of my health, then everything else kind of f- starts falling yeah. apart. And so, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. And if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of the people that you care about. And, and so that's the duty, really. And that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit today and what I was saying before about if you're feeling it, pull over. And that's the thing. Like, you can't expect anything of anyone else if you can't if, – if you can't show up at work on time, like, why should your staff? And if you don't take care of yourself, then, then why should you expect to take care of anyone else? And we all have support. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I, I, know I'm, I know I'm hammering this a little too hard, but, dude – I've, I'm, I'm learning a hard lesson here and I'm trying to avoid, we all, I think have to learn it, but there's like, there's, you can learn it harder than others. And I think I'm learning it the really hard way because I am a public person, like, like a private in in Canada, we call them bloggins. Bloggins is like Smith in, in the army. So if bloggins is having a rough time, he doesn't have to go on the radio and tell the world. He doesn't have to go on the Jocko podcast and tell the world, but he has to tell somebody. And that's the biggest thing. You think you think it's scary to go to a therapist who is a trained professional? Like, think of a therapist like going to the rifle range and learning from the master sniper. That's what you're doing. You're going to learn how to shoot, except it's for th- for your mind. Would you not go to the range to learn from a master sniper if you want to be a better shot? Of course you fucking would. I, I'm a master sniper, and I'd go to the range and learn from a master sniper right now. That's what a therapist or psychiatrist or psychologist or counselor, any of them are professionals in the mental game of life. Now, I'm not saying all are equal as well. If you don't like one, fire them and get a different one. But start there and start looking for the help that's available and don't put it all on yourself. And again, if you think that's embarrassing going to a stranger, which is actually pretty easy when you actually get in the room and start talking, you find you might, they might have to tell you to shut up because their hour is up. Um, try going on the radio or the Jocko podcast or writing a book. Like, you know, I put out a lot of my warts in that book too. 
and I'm still learning. And I've got all these resources. So, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, no one's too proud. No one's too tough. And I'm about done, like, talking. Let's talk about something fun right now, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good, man. And, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm, as we were talking, and I didn't, I didn't know if we were going to do a podcast or not when you came down here. I didn't know if you want to talk about any of this stuff or we were just going to hang out. I, I appreciate this because the whole drive, I've been thinking and talking to myself and listening to other podcasts. I'm like, I needed to do this. Yeah. And really, like, what you're saying is going to, obviously, it's going to help people, especially the idea and I'm glad you talked about this a little bit. You kind of threw it in there. But like looking at yourself in the mirror, right? Yeah. Looking at yourself in the mirror and saying to yourself, you know what? I need some fire support here. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to get it from some people. Yeah. And there's not a damn thing in the, in the world wrong with that. And that's how you sort of, that was the thing. That was the thing that made you go, okay, I need help. I'm going to go make this happen. And yeah. so it, maybe that can help some other people that aren't feeling too good right now. Go look in the mirror. Admit to yourself you got some problems. Maybe the problems are a little bit bigger than you. We've been in combat situations that were bigger than us. You have to call in fire support. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no yeah. shame in it. Go make it happen. Yeah, and uh, and take care of yourself. Take ownership. Extreme ownership. I like the way you think. Huh? <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I think that's a good place, man. I think that's a good place to chill. If we want to talk about something different, we can do that really easily. All we do is we just ask Echo to talk for a little bit. Yeah, get into some, some philosophical e- e- stuff. Echo Charles. Yes. Do you, uh, you know, we want to talk about something good. Can you talk about sure. something good? Like maybe how to support ourselves and if, if they want. someone wants, maybe how someone could support this podcast. If they want. It's your Which choice. Which they should. Yeah. Jocko Krill Oil and Joint Warfare. Here's the thing. You know how like- My um, joints have been hurting me lately. Yeah. And sometimes you can be yeah, we'll addicted to- Yeah, we'll get you some, to, joint, some joint warfare for sure. Yeah. It helps. Not in a non-drug- joint warfare. Far, pharmaceutical way. It's good. Yeah. It. It's interesting. Uh, but it does work, especially if you're getting physical and whatnot. General joint disintegration or degeneration? Degeneration. Not disintegration. Not disintegration. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much it would help. With disintegration. Nonetheless, Jocko has some supplements. They're good supplements. They're for your joints. One is krill oil, super krill oil. The other one's called joint warfare. Glucosamine chondroitin. Yes. Right. Curcumin. And curcumin. That's for like cartilage. It's all. Right. It's joint warfare. No, because you know how like when you're meniscus or like your elbow. Well, like stop the, saying such big words. Just talk. I'm, bro, I'm telling you, this is, this is the truth, the real deal. So if I take this, the knee I tweaked the other night. This will help it with will the help. meniscus yes. around it, my kneecap. Yes, the 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 joint warfare will. I'm into it. Yeah, fully. Also, what we kind of talked about earlier, Jocko discipline pre workout. We call it pre workout, but it's a pre mission because it has cognitive enhancers. Pre mission. I love this. <laughs> Jody's checking it out. Fired up about it. Nonetheless, that's good. That's good for anything you're about to do. So when we say pre-workout, it can be pre-study, pre-exam, pre-test, pre, uh, you know, pre-podcast, podcast, whatever you like. Whatever you like, it's good. Unless you can take get one those. or two scoops. Don't be a pussy. Take two scoops, guys. Like, come on. Let, what are we saying here? Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. I don't know, no, no, not at all. I yeah. had a, I had a real long night the other night of of work. Did you take three? And I took three. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What do you normally take? Two. Two. So yeah. what do you what do you two. weigh in now? Two twenty? No. It's probably 
230 and so yeah. two scoops is enough for you yeah. yeah 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 okay so i'll stick to two scoops for now yeah but i might ramp it up to four if i really have to be careful let make sure you have something to do yeah. <laughs> like a project like don't yeah. just take like writing a book it. yeah that's like if you have to write no that's a great time to yeah, take yeah, it. yeah if you have to write and then do take you find it, then. it does it make you jittery no 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 because it's, so only it's got a like, smooth but it's, you got the energy yeah it's Actually, got, the caffeine's pretty low the caffeine is very low it's okay. a, the same caffeine as jocko white tea it's the same amount so per scoop so you'll get double that but it's not it's a 15 milligrams so yeah. It's meant to not make you all jittery because you can't that's not good But everything else good. I'm reading in here and what little I do know about nutrition This is all stuff for focus and long-term like energy release. Yes The only thing missing that I, I don't know. I don't know science is the B vitamin Is that in there? Or am I missing it? That's I don't know. I think so not. turning 40 means I have to wear glasses now too by yeah. the way like yeah, my yeah, perfect, I wrote that extra small that. too. My perfect <laughs> Just in case. sniper vision I think is good for long distance, but now I'm like my dad. I'm like yeah. doing the. You gotta find the sweet spot. That's what it is. Oh, there it's not it is. E- right? Because your eyes can't like focus or whatever. I'll be. Ta- can I have a case? You can have that right Straight there. Straight up I'll case. I'll just yeah. keep this right here. Actually, that's good and surprisingly tastes good. Yeah. You wouldn't expect Jocko to be like, make it taste no, good. No, I'm very hyper about making things taste well, good. Here's if things, don't, if yeah. things taste like crap, then that's you a, might If life is hard, food should be tasty. Yeah. I dig it and I understand that, but you wouldn't like why really drink chalk that. when you can drink. So you're saying it's out of character for me to want Lemon things line. to taste it good. Is, I hear what you're thing. saying. I think that's the dichotomy of you. Because yeah. I heard that before. Even like with how you said you don't <laughs> drink coffee. You're yeah. like, I just, I don't like the taste of coffee. Why oh, would yeah, I drink yeah. it? I'm like, oh, all right. You don't like There's the taste. There's a weakness. Jocko's cool. got a little weakness. Nah, breath. So. You don't like the taste. You don't like the taste, bro. Listen, I made it's fun it's of. Yucky. I, when yucky. I did drink, my friends who drink beer, because that's Canadian, is to drink beer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, beer tastes like shit. I'll drink cider. Oh, the apple juice. I'm like, it's got more alcohol in it than beer, bitch. Like, it's. Wine what, what do you like? If yeah, he doesn't yeah. like coffee, he likes white tea. I think white tea sucks. But I'm not Jocko. We got this. Uh, I'm making this protein powder yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. And like criteria number one was, yeah, it has to be good protein and all that. But the strong second criteria was it's got to taste so damn good. Yeah. Like which I, You forget you're drinking protein. I, the first sample tasted really good. Like I was shocked at how good the first. So we, we tweaked it a little bit. The second sample came back. It tastes even better. I mean. Well, hang on. How much sugar are we talking? There's no sugar. Oh no! There's no because that used to be the trick. Yeah. This protein's so good. Yeah, but it's thirty grams of sugar. Of sugar. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no sugar. And then the f- we've got one more coming back, but the second iteration of it tastes delicious. Yeah. And Do Echo you have any yes- samples left? Uh, no. Echoes oh. yesterday. He's like, he's like, well, you know, I don't never really liked protein powder. And I'm like, bro, this is nothing to do with you wanting to drink protein powder. You'll be drinking this like you want to drink a it'll, ice cream. It'll be like, no, like a, it'll be like chocolate milk. It's yeah, yeah. so good. Yes. Yeah. Right, so we'll see about we're that. We're running on that one. So where can you get all this shit, Echo? The proof is gonna be in the pudding, as they say. Originmain.com, that's where you get it. Also at originmain.com, you can get you will get geese, rash guards. This is for jujitsu, by the way. Oh yes, sir. Made in America. I know Jody is from Canada. Better than made in somewhere else. Yeah, I, not a lot I of us up so. in Canada. We don't have time to make geese and stuff like yeah, so. D- make it in America. There's ten times more people down here. Yeah, I dig it, and all the stuff on there is made in America. It's good. Go there, see if you want something, get something. Good way to support. Also, fitness gear. Jocko got a new kettlebell that is heavier than mine. Is it cool. his head? 
Is it no. your is it is it your little head that you got on no. this? Thing it might here? as well be. Dude, it might that as well is be. the greatest. If nothing else comes from this, from this, this little avatar of you, I want Jocko approved. I want yeah. like an amulet of your head. Yeah, I'll like give you a shirt. It has one right in the back. Boom. Okay, Jocko done. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, the kettlebell should be his head because the reason he got it was because I had a heavier kettlebell by happenstance. By the way, I yeah, didn't, I didn't get the heavy one. Just you sorry, know. is this a kettlebell I can buy from Jocko? No. no, or this is just Jocko bought a I, heavier kettlebell. I was about to say, which it reminds me every time I'm about to talk about kettlebells. The kettlebells I have, you know, the ones from on it. Yeah, they, I got all of them. Yeah, me too. Except and I don't have the Bigfoot one. Too bad. I was like, that's without I legs, I can't pick that one up. It's just too heavy. Yeah, on prosthetics. Yeah, no, I dig it. And, and I haven't picked up anything for over a year anyway. So that's what I was trying to imply to Jocko that, like, since mine is heavy, <laughs> I can pick it up. He can't pick it up, etc. It's two pounds heavier than his. So that's why he got the heavier one. Roger that. Yeah, no, I'm tracking now. I'm tracking. 106 pounds. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Is this was this a custom made one? kettlebell? No, got it from Rogue Fitness. Rogue, right? Yeah. Now. My boys at Rogue Fitness. Yeah, but it's like made this, in America. It's like the boring round one. You know how you, you said you have the. Um, I got the ones. Yeah, that's yeah. why I thought you meant the Jocko was coming out with a with a kettlebell. I you said, should. well, obviously it's going to be shaped like Jocko's head. You should that's my that's my because opinion. they could do that. Yeah. And now I think a product was just born. Yeah, maybe actually someone someone said that a couple yeah. times. Before. Okay. Well, anyway, I agree. I agree. Anyway, this is the longest the whole, commercial ever. By it's the way, it's not a commercial. You we deviated from the commercial. So to Roger, talk about I'm, this sorry, stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, we're supposed to do that. Oh, okay. That's part of the deal. You're right. I know. I forgot. Right. I told you I'm in basic training for life again. Nonetheless, back to the kettlebells. If you get kettlebells in a way that's not competitive with your friend, or if it's competitive with your friend, whatever. The ones from Onnit, that's the cool ones. Jody has the whole set. I have the whole set. If you have the whole set, you're cool like us, not like Jocko. Also, when you get Jody's new book, of course, Jocko's book. Any of the books we read go, or go over on the podcast, I made it easy for you. Got a section on the website. Yeah. Books from the website. Got them all listed by episode, by the way. Nice. Click through there. Get them through there. Real easy. Uh, good way to support as well. That'll take you to Amazon. I'll just say, sorry, real quick. Unflinching the make of a Canadian sniper and Everyday Heroes yeah. are my two books. They'll both be on the website. Yeah. Both right be there. on your website. Yep, they'll be linked. Yeah. And they are available through Amazon and the, what's the Kindle they have? Amazon Google. Kindle. Kindle, Kindle, that's yeah. Amazon too, I think. Yeah, everywhere, right? Like audiobook, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have it all on the website. So yeah, when you get that, boom, click through there. It's way easier for you, and it's a good way to support. If you want to continue shopping on Amazon to buy your weed whackers and what else we buy on Amazon, go ahead, do that too. Good way. Also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Seems normal. Seems obvious iTunes oh, if you want to subscribe as far as subscribing goes it's more about like what you listen do you listen to iTunes oh, yeah that's what it's exclusively exactly yeah. right some people they listen to Google Play can you subscribe on Google Play though I, I don't yes. know I don't oh, listen okay. To okay that's what I was yeah. getting at I don't know where else I get subscribed yeah it's the same thing yeah, Roger so, that and, okay. then, and now there's different apps now yep like they're basically I you know, mean different apps stop you're confusing me this is okay consider it this way and I, this is, I'm new to this too okay where iTunes when you think podcasts, you yeah. think i iPod podcasts. So podcasts are exclusive to iTunes. It just right. feels that right. way. Like, right. Where do you listen to uh, podcasts? Well, on iTunes, obviously. Here's the thing: podcast is a podcast. Just because iTunes has, it's like if you watch do you a have video. Links? If I just went to the website, what's your website again? Jockopodcast.com. So if I go to jockopodcast.com, could I listen straight from the podcast from yeah. the sorry from the website? Yes. On my computer. Yes. Bob's your uncle. 
Boom. There it is. Yeah. And uh, I did. Yeah, not, so I did the, not know that. Yeah. There's basically all these different ways to listen to it, and if whatever way you choose to listen to it, yeah. there's where you subscribe. In the event of these things offering a subscribe option, which I think they all do, I'm not sure because I don't explore all of them. It's just how it works. So what I'm saying is, if you want to subscribe, subscribe. Good way to support. Also on YouTube, which we have a YouTube channel, by the way, Jody Middick. Roger that. Not just the video version of this podcast, but excerpts and various creative videos here and there. And some outtakes, by the way. Um, not many, but, you know, a few. I'll put more up there. Also, Jocko has a store. It's called Jocko's Store. JockoStore.com, obviously. That's where we get or we make these shirts. Jody, see the shirt Jocko has on right now? The Victory MMA and Fitness? Yeah, he always has that shirt on, by the way. He does that. Well, not last night. That's why I was... It I was think. underneath my flannel. Roger yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, how did you even recognize it? But that's him? why I wore my friends. So this is a Tactical Beaver shirt, and it's a Canadian company started by Cansoft guys. Yeah. Good dudes. I was going to wear this last night, yeah. but I didn't. I thought Jogger would show up in T-shirt, so I stayed in a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, so now he's in a T-shirt, and I'm in the collar shirt. You're all dressed up. Yeah, yeah man. Anyway. That's Actually, okay. Tactical Beaver was my last podcast, if you listen. Yeah. They were on the show. It's good. It's pretty dope. You know what else is dope? The, uh, the shirt Jocko has on and the shirt I have on with Jocko's head on it. And if you want this shirt, JockoStore.com. There's a lot of shirts on there. Discipline I have freedom. a green and black one in my suitcase back in the hotel of that one. Boom. I thought it'd be weird wearing your shirt to hang out with you, though. Yeah, I thought so, but there's a deeper meaning. I think the fact that Jocko's head is on my well, shirt no, but, and I'm sitting next to But you're part to of the show, so you got to wear it. Oh, I'll wear it in public. I should wear the Echo shirt sometime. Yeah. There's an Echo shirt? Yeah, there's an Echo shirt. I need shirt. five immediately. <laughs> yeah. I have four <laughs> friends and myself that want that shirt. Oh, all right. There you go. You got it. No Sorry, problem. man. I've been I've been it's unplugged good, since May, basically. Good. Sorry, to me, guys. you got to unplug sometimes. That's and my that's opinion. the, you know what? And that's going back. Yeah. I unplug. Think so. I'm yep. going off Facebook. Well, personal. I'm going to keep the business side, but you know, personal yeah. stuff is going to... Anyway, finish what you're doing. I'm sorry. No, no. I no you're part of what we're doing. I'm not going to read a list of things that you should or should not do. I'm, I'm going to ask you about it. I'm going to ask Jocko about it. Jocko told me to hurry up. I may or may not hurry up. Whatever. <laughs> that's, how it, that's how it always works. Nonetheless, JockoStore.com. Any shirt you want. Maybe I not wrote any that shirt. down. I'm going to go on but, that right after the show. Yes. There's also some patches on there. Some hoodies. Rash guards. Hats. Women's stuff on there. Kids stuff on there. It's good, good beanies. stuff. Beanies. Uh, beanies are on their way. So if you go like, well, you figure well. Beanies could very well be on there. They're on there. Do you wear a beanie? They better Jago? be on When it's cold outside. Just when yeah. it's cold out. Yeah. It's not a fashion statement for you? No. Okay. I don't Jock. do anything just for check a fashion it. Here statement. to win, man. Here to win. No fashion. No. Shirt looks good, though, bro. For sure. Anyway, JockoStore.com. I'm not saying go buy something. I'm not saying that. But you should. But if you like something, get something. It's a good way to support or, it. Also, I don't know if you know about this. You might. I don't know. Psychological warfare. Is that ringing a bell? I, I, I mean, I know what it is. Okay. Is this is something? It's a is name. It's one of Jocko's names. Yeah. So, Psychological Warfare is an album that we created which, with tracks. Jocko tracks. Ah, playlist. Yes, a play, uh, playlist. Yeah. I prefer a album mixtape. Mixtape, yeah. yeah. The mixtape of Jocko's heart. Yeah. Essentially, but here it's for a specific reason. Oh, right, right, right. It's not him playing the ukulele because he plays the <laughs> ukulele now. Indeed. It's him telling you how to get through certain weak moments. 
Oh, is it his in, his 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 videos? The no, like no, better, no? more specific. So here, here's what it is. Okay, good. I'm Hit actually me. glad you don't you don't know the the specifics of it. Because so, that way you can talk about it for 28 minutes. It's actually number one on iTunes, by the way. But you know, oh that. Yeah, I downloaded that. I never good. listened to it though. Sorry, bro. You don't need it. I just wanted to support you, my friend. You, yeah, you gave the support. Yeah, that's okay. But, but if I probably should have let it support you too. I probably yeah. That's really what it's for. Yeah, to support you. I used to. You know how like. You know how when you work out and you don't feel like working out, or you go to work out and you don't feel like I felt like that out. for the last 18 months. Yeah, and then I'm you'll be like, you. you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I've been saying that since last October. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, October there you go. 2016, I've been saying that. So there you go. I thought that was my biggest weakness. I'd come to Jocko. I said, what do you do when you don't feel like working out? I mean, I know, cool, you're tough. <laughs> what job you is just it? Do it? I work out. Yeah. And he goes, Jocko. no, but there's more to it than that. It's not that simple, <laughs> you know? And he explained it. I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to record that. Oh, is that the, that was the birth of the psychological warfare? That was the That's birth. exactly what it is. I yeah. should I did download it actually when it came out. I just I forgot I even had it. Look at the tracks. Here's this is what you do. Look at the tracks and be like, because it's not just missing workout. It's like procrastination. Uh, oh, I'm a know. pro at that now. Yeah. So you like, want, I've, I got my black belt in procrastination, bro. Yeah. So consider one that that you're like, okay, not only will it help, it'll 100% get you through it. Roger that been the case for me anyway get it you can get that on itunes of course and anywhere where they sell mp3s amazon music whatnot it's a good one couple other things on amazon you can get jocko white tea it's no big deal unless you want to deadlift eight thousand pounds minimum then you drink jocko white tea and you're there no questions asked 100 percent guaranteed yep right that time if you want to get some books you can get jody middick's books there's two of them unflinching the making of a Canadian sniper, and also his latest book, Everyday Heroes, which is war stories from the generations, edited by Jody. You can get Way of the Warrior Kid, so you can teach kids to do the right things in their lives. You know, things like Beyond the Path, that's all I'm going to say. Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual, that book. Yeah, it's about getting on the path and staying on the path that's what it's about I'm not going to say anything else about that one i will except for that the audio version of that book is not on audible it is on anywhere you can get an mp3 which means itunes amazon music google play and then of course the first book extreme ownership combat leadership there's a new version out it's black which makes it a little bit cooler mm-hmm. you can get that Learn how to lead. Also, beyond the books and the podcast, if you need leadership, let's say leadership guidance and direction at your company, at your business, or at your team, I have a leadership and management consulting company. It's called Echelon Front, and that is what we do. We come to your organization, we assess the situation, and we get problems solved through leadership. It's me. It's my brother Leif Babin that wrote Extreme Ownership with me, who was one of the platoon commanders that served with me in the Battle of Ramadi. It's J.P. Donnell, who was the point man and the lead sniper of Delta Platoon in the Battle of Ramadi. It's Dave Burke, who was an F-18 Marine Corps fighter pilot, top gun pilot, top gun instructor, Top Gun Senior Instructor, F-16 Pilot, F-18 Pilot, F-35 Pilot, F-22 Pilot. First, he sounds like he's 
pretty good at his job. He's not bad. Yeah. He's the first operational squadron commander for the F-35. He's the only man in the world qualified to fly all those aircraft. But none of that matters because what he did was cool was he was on the ground with us in the Battle of Ramadi as a Anglico team leader with his team and was uh, with... What's, what is an Anglico? It's, it's the guys that call for fire. They, they're they like, it's like your yeah. JTAC? Yeah, they're JTACs. But okay. the Marine Corps has Anglico. But they call it's it Anglico? Air Naval Gunfire Liaison. Roger that. Yep. And that's what he did for us. Outstanding guy. He's been on the podcast. Number 69, number 69 I believe. So he's part of the Echelon Front team as well. Also, on top of that, there's the muster. It is the leadership seminar with us, the Echelon Front team. Again, uh, in 2018, we're only doing two musters. People think we're going on a rock and roll tour. We're not going on a rock and roll tour. We're not going city to city. It's not going to happen in Cleveland. It's not going to happen in Milwaukee. It's not going to happen to San in Diego. Dayton. It's not going to happen in San Diego this year. <laughs> it's where, only where happening in two places. It's going to happen in Washington, D.C., May 17th and 18th. So that's where you go if you're on the East Coast. East of the Mississippi, you come to D.C. Sorry, what, what day? May 17th and 18th. If you're west of the Mississippi, you come to San Francisco, October 17th and 18th. That's it. Like I said, we're not going anywhere else. So the reason is because we don't have time to do them. It's to get all the Echelon Front team together and set it all up. It's very hard to do because we're working with clients all over the country and all over the world. So we can't just do musters all the time. So that's why we're doing two of them. If you want to come, sign up. All the four of them we, we, that we've had so far have all sold out. These are going to sell out too, 100%. So if you want to come, you got to go and register to attend extremeownership.com. Can I reserve two spots right now in, in Washington? Yes, you can. All right, cool. Cool, cool. Just put me down. Yeah. <laughs> Jody plus one. Until then, until the muster. If you have questions or answers for us or you just want to check in and share your wins I notice people do that now on social media. They share that. the wins. Yeah, it's good. I got this promotion I overcame this little situation. They give a little brief on a situation Hey, I had this guy that was acting wrong. And I took ownership and boom problem solved. I lost weight I gained weight. I got a stripe on my white belt <laughs> in jujitsu and I'm proud Yeah, and I am proud yeah, big time. I'm stoked when you get that stripe on the white belt yeah. or the blue belt. Sometimes people get the black belt, the brown belt. But what we see is progression. Yeah. Like I said, people lose weight, people gain weight, people stay clean, people stay off the sauce, people stay off the drugs, people stay on the path. And if you want to check in with us about that stuff, you can do it on Twitter, on Instagram, and on that fash bohachi boha. <laughs> Jody is at Jody Mitic J O D Y M I T I C Echo is at Echo Charles and I am at Jocko Willink. Echo, any closing thoughts? No, thank you for coming on and it's great to see you again. You too, bro. Mr. Jody Mitic. You got anything else? Jago, thank you for giving me the mic back for five minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just want to say thanks to you uh, for bringing me on today. Uh, I know you did this because you didn't have to, because you wanted to. 
and I appreciate that, and I needed this. Echo of uh, as always, you should stop drinking. By the way, um, I mean now that I'm a reformed drinker, that's that's the that's the that's the answer to everything. Yeah, just man, stop, I dig it. Just stop drinking. Surprisingly, it's a it's a big answer. It's a good a answer. Lot of things. Well, it's an answer you, that I agree with. You know, yeah. if you look at that study that comes out, I forget who does it. I think it's the UN. The most destructive force on earth is alcohol, above coke, heroin, mm. uh, speed. Crack it all put together, booze is still ten times worse. Like, the, like when it comes because it's available to everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I should thank everybody that's been with me through this. You know, sometimes you think you're alone and you're not. Uh, I've had friends and family that have not stopped. Basically, you feel like they're bugging you, but they're not. They're keeping an eye on you. Um, uh, and all the supporters and the fans and the, and and just the 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 Jody Mitic fans. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for being honest with me. And thank you to my friends and my family for putting up with me. And um, I fell off the path. I lost my bearing pretty bad. Uh, But now I've uh, reorientated the map and I'm back on track. And uh, give me... Give me some time. The Jody Mitic podcast will be back up and running in short order. Give me six weeks-ish, and we should have be pumping out some episodes. Who knows? Maybe I'll fly Jocko up to Ottawa, and we'll do an episode. I don't know. The point is something will be coming, and there's a few hardcore, I'm talking granite hard fans that have, like, stuck it out, and they send us at least a tweet a week to be like, where are you bitches at? And we're coming back quick. Um, just a real quick shout out to my friends at Tactical Beaver. If you want some of their stuff, just go on Tactical Beaver. Yes, like the animal. Uh, you can get some of their gear. It's pretty cool. Uh, Canadian twist, a Canadian flavor. And if you're, you know, if you're the one guy in your unit that has it, and you're not Canadian, you might be, uh, you might be popular for a minute. But, um, and uh, you know, and, and the last thing uh, goes out to my kids, Ayla and Kira. Ayla's nine, Peanut, Kira's six, Squeaky. Uh, They're waiting for me at home very patiently. And uh, as soon as Daddy's home, we're going to go to jiu-jitsu because Daddy needs to learn to. And I know you guys don't like it now, but when you're older, you will appreciate it. And for the rest of everybody else, um, I'm going to look in the camera for a minute. Echo, you can edit that in, right? Sure. Um, I I know I've said sorry before. I'll say it again, and and thank you. I will say it over and over again for supporting me, and it's because of people like Jocko and Rob, who you'll meet, who's a Green Beret, and some other very special people in my life that I'm found a reason to get back to being myself, and uh, and uh, and that's about it. That's all I can say. Thank you, man. Awesome, brother. Well, it's awesome having you back on again, and you'll be coming back on again and again as you continued on this. This journey, yeah. well, eventually on. I'll be better, and I and we can just keep growing down and helping others. <laughs> it's all good. When, yeah. when my next book comes out, I will come back. That's awesome. And so, thanks for coming on. It's awesome to see you again. And like I said, we'll we'll keep doing this for the next twenty years. And finally, thanks to all the service men and women out there right now. Right now, think about that. Right now, right this moment in time. There's men and women out there on the front lines face-to-face with evil. So thanks to you all for protecting us and our freedoms. And to the police, law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, and the rest of the first responders. Thanks for your service and your sacrifice to keep us safe here at home.
and to everyone that's out there grinding working driving trucks pouring concrete hammering on a project building bridges or building software sewing some garments or sewing a field farmers factory workers engineers electricians plumbers and pilots and ground crew and cooks and waitresses to everyone out there working hard and listening to this and just trying to get yourself a little bit better today than you were yesterday thanks for listening and as you meet struggles and as you struggle to stay on the path first of all remember you don't have to fight alone reach out to your comrades in arms call for fire support when you need it we win wars because we stick together and when we stick together we can overcome any enemy and the struggles that you face when they when they do try to flank you do what Jody did do what a soldier does turn into the ambush turn toward the enemy fire and attack until next time this is Jody Middick and Echo and Jocko out